You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime and coordinates for the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on everything going on in the world of Star Wars. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-hosts, Tim and Paul, with me. How's it going, guys? What's up, guys? Good to be back. I know it's, we've been a little quiet lately, but good to be recording, talking to you guys again, because we've got mm-hmm. some fun, great Star Wars stuff to talk about. On this yeah, episode. lots of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Lots of ideas going out. I can't wait. I've got something I, got, I can't wait to explain to Kyle. Tim already knows about it, so Kyle has no idea what I'm about to pitch. My very own Star Wars show idea that I'm hoping gets traction, so maybe all the fans can be like, we want this. We want this. Like, like, yes, me. I can get a new hashtag started. Yeah, Yeah, get a hashtag started. Maybe Lucasfilm will listen to me. But again, I I I I digress. I will just uh, I'll save it for a little bit. But I'm really excited. It's been a it's been a crazy last couple weeks. But I'm really glad to be on the show with you guys, my my very good Star Wars fan friends. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. There's lots to talk about, so I'm ready to do this. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's jump right into it. I mean. Like you said, it's been a while since our last one. There's been a lot of Star Wars stuff that's come out since then. Um, And I know on our last episode, we said we were going to do like a whole nother episode just devoted to continuing our discussion of The Rise of Skywalker and kind of our our continuing thoughts on that. We may still not get to that on this one. Um, I know it's been a while and, uh, you know, in the time that we, uh, you know, haven't been recording, there's been a bunch of other stuff that's come out. Um, but we will talk about, uh, maybe not necessarily Rise of Skywalker, but episode nine, uh, a little bit later in the, in the episode, but, um, you know what, let's switch things up and let's kick off with some Clone Wars. Um, cause Ooh. I mean, I'm sure you guys are, are just as, if not close to as excited as I am for this, but, um, I love how you didn't say more excited because that's right. I don't no, think no, you, you can't be more excited, excited than I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, well, well, Kyle, and, and forgive me for interrupting. I, I have to ask you this question because I, I know we're all giant Clone Wars fans, but the Clone Wars holds a, a more of a special place in your heart compared to me and Tim, correct? I think I would say that. Um uh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not, and again, no, I'm not trying to like diminish. Obviously, Tim knows this, but yeah, and, I'm not, I, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn and be like, oh, I'm a bigger Clone Wars fan than you guys, but oh, yeah, yeah, um, no, I just I I love the show, I have a lot of good memories tied to the show. 
Um, it's funny, actually, just yesterday, um, I was driving home from work. We didn't really have any food at home. I stopped and picked up a, a Little Caesars pizza on my way home. My wife was out uh, at a work thing, and so I was getting dinner by myself. And I sat at home, ate pizza, and watched Clone Wars. And it took me back to, like, that's what I used to do in college. Um, I was what, 17 when Clone Wars first premiered and, uh, Friday nights in college, I used to go and get like a small pizza just for myself. And I go sit in my dorm room and watch the newest episode of Clone Wars. Um, and I just, I mean, I love the stories. I love the characters. I love how much the show improved over the course of its run. Um, I mean, I know like I enjoyed it from the get go and, but you know, it had its issues, uh, you know, whether it be the, the animation or certain characters being annoying or, or what have you, but just everything from the animation quality to the level of storytelling and the depth of the characters just increases exponentially over the course of the series. And I was so heartbroken when it was canceled, um, that, you know, it, like for, for years, I've just enjoyed every little scrap of, of Clone Wars content that we could get coming out since then. And I always, you know, was hoping for the day that we would get to see that Siege of Mandalore that they always talked about. Um, and was just hoping that we would get those final four episodes, if nothing else, like get that as a TV movie or something. Um, and the fact that we're finally getting that and we're getting 12 episodes instead of just four is, uh, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm so happy it's coming back. Um, and I just, you know, I love the show. And I think it's part of me growing up as sort of a kid of the prequel era, too. And I've talked about this before. Like, I was first introduced to Star Wars through the original trilogy. But I'm in that generation. I'm kind of at the very beginning of, like, the prequel generation. Because Phantom Menace came out when I was eight. And I know there are kids out there who were, like, five or six and saw Revenge of the Sith in the theater for the first time as, like, their first movie theater experience or whatever. So I'm a little bit older than than those people. But I'm, you know, I'm young enough that, like, I have friends whose first introduction to Star Wars was through the prequels. Um, And so... You know, I, I just love that Clone Wars is an extension of that story, too, and that I had already grown up with Anakin and Obi-Wan and was already invested in those characters in that time period, and Clone Wars just fleshed it out so much more um, and, uh, you know, expanded so much on the conflict of the Clone Wars itself and on the characters of Anakin and Obi-Wan and, you know, characters that we knew from the prequels, but then also introducing awesome new characters like Ahsoka and Rex and Cad Bane and characters who can stand right alongside those original characters and hold their own. Um, and it doesn't just feel like Ahsoka is some side character from a cartoon, but it feels like she belongs right there next to Anakin. Um, so yeah, I mean, just the, everything that I just mentioned, you know, and all just everything that it adds to, uh, the Star Wars lore. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about why I love Clone Wars, but that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, and the best part, we're just two weeks away from new episodes coming back. I mean, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy to even be saying that. Yeah. Just looking back how it was two years ago, well, in Comic-Con 20, Comic-Con, <laughs> it's, not, it's not King Kong, Comic-Con <laughs> 2018, where that news just blew us all away. And it's how we couldn't believe new episodes are coming. And here we are on the doorstep of new Clone Wars. And boy, it's going to be awesome to get that again. And if that trailer is any indication, we're in for some more special stuff that we're just used to seeing from the Clone Wars. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, we knew it was coming out in February, but we didn't have an exact date. Um, and I think like maybe a month or so ago, there was something going around like, and I think we mentioned this maybe on our last episode, 
um, that, you know, they thought it was like February 17th because it was in some Disney promo thing that then got taken down. And so we were like, eh, how much can we trust that? Um, but anyway, so we finally got an official trailer with an official release date. It's February 21st, uh, which is a Friday. So they'll be releasing one episode every Friday, uh, starting then, um, just like they did. With which the Man- is a little bit of a bummer. I mean, it's nothing to get too disappointed about, but I was hoping at the very least we, they could have released it arc by arc just because it would be nice to get those completed stories once a week. But at the same time, I can understand wanting to lengthen the series out over a long period of time, but it just means we're not to wait that much longer for the Siege of Mandalore. So I know it's going to be worth the wait, but <laughs> yeah, a little side thing. you know, I will say when it was first announced that it was coming back, I was like you, I'm like, give it to me all at once. I was probably not going to binge the whole thing in a day, but I was like, I'm going to watch one story arc a day. Um, but after the Mandalorian, I'm kind of glad that this is the way they're going with it. I'm looking forward to having weekly Absolutely. Star Wars again and and having it stretched out. Um, even though I'm this... pretty sure the first four episodes are going to be the Bad Batch. And it's like, well, we've already seen those just in the unfinished form. So we're going to have to wait another right. four weeks before we get new stories that we haven't seen yet. But still, I'm just looking forward to seeing those ones in their finished form, too. So, um, yeah, this I'm is... actually glad that it's just going to last longer. Yeah, but I think... And I think we all would agree that it's going to last longer and it's just easier to really take it all in because binging has its effects of you don't really absorb everything when you binge it You're because you're trying to plow through it. And this time you can really get the Easter eggs. You can really digest the stories and the callback or the or the forward or the forwarding, if you will, or, the, or foreshadowing, I should say, of of what they're doing in the storytelling. And I think that that's what I love about star Wars is because it's so rich and there's so much going on and how it's all connected that you really need to absorb everything. And one of the things I I thought was a bummer about the Netflix uh, stuff they released all at once, which was nice because we got to, you know, devour over the weekend is that again, you kind of lose track of, or people binge it right away and they're talking about it. And and I think that's like the drawback of the whole binge idea is the fact that if you do everything all at once, you, it's hard for people to get on the same page. And like, you see people have already, you know, watched it or whatever. And, and, and obviously that's not going to change us change for us. Cause we're huge star Wars fans, but it's easy. It's harder to, you know, go online and talk about this stuff. Even if you're on a podcast or not, and it sucks when everyone's already watched like all the seasons and you don't have the time in your day to watch it all. And, mm-hmm. and I don't blame people for talking about what they want on social media. I'll never, I'll never tell people not to do what they want on their own platform. But at the same time, it just stinks for people who want to talk to other people and, and get online, but they can't because they don't want to be spoiled for the whole season. You know, one episode you can I, like me. If I, I I try to avoid the internet with like when there's a, a important comic coming out or an important like the Mandalorian. Like I like the Mandalorian. I stayed off the internet all day long because I I just was like I did not want to get spoiled for whatever reason, and I had no idea Baby Yoda was a thing. I stayed off the internet the entire day, and you know what? I got on watched the first episode and was blown away. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I totally get it. But at the same time, for a whole season, that's really, really difficult. And I think that things were a little different, I think, from a fan standpoint, back when in uh, the, the season six came out on a binge thing, 
with Netflix. So I think now with Disney Plus, we can all sit, enjoy, and analyze every episode and anticipate. That's the thing that people, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you could call it impatience in some ways. And I, I definitely wish, that we, you know, I, I, my part of my selfishness wants to devour everything all at once. The thing is with, with anticipation, it comes, you know, obviously it's fall a lot of times, but with excitement and, you know, and I think that to me is what's missing in in the binge model. And I think, and I think binge model is fine maybe for certain things, but with this specifically with star Wars, I think it definitely adds the excitement and anticipation and we can all build and speculate together. And I know the clone wars, we kind of know where it's going, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just, I think this will prove even more so for Disney that the week to week model is the right model to do. Yeah. It just means we have to wait till April probably to see the siege of Mandalore. (laughs) And that's fine. I know. It's just, I'd be really, really, you know, nitpicky and not not necessarily something that I'm truly complaining about. But it's just what we kept hearing about the new Clone Wars and Clone Wars always see demand or is how what we're all looking forward to when we heard the February release date. I just couldn't help but think that could be when we're going to see it. And it's you know, it's not going to be too bad. Time flies by, obviously, mm-hmm, right. so fast nowadays. So it's going to be here before you know it. Well, but it's, it's going to be lying if I said I was wasn't really hoping that we'd be seeing the Siege of Mandalore in a couple of weeks. Right. Well, it's going to be uh, I think when what, what if we map it out every week for 12 episodes, what's the end of April? Yeah, I th- something like that. We're going to get don't forget, we're going to get a lot of you know, we're gonna eventually going to get the Rise of Skywalker released right around that time. That's so true too. Yeah. it's going to be oh, Star Wars. Actually, it should be so with 12 episodes, it should be May 8th should be the finale of Clone Wars. Okay, yeah. So there you go. I mean, so we're going to get Star Wars in 4K. We're going to get, you know, an official like saga, you know, Star Wars saga release. It's going to be pretty intense. The novel and the art book for Rise of Skywalker also come out in March. So, yeah, there's there's a lot going on, man. And I think that no slowdown of Star Wars content for sure. Yeah, it's it may not be like fresh brand new content, but there's lots of Star Wars stuff happening, obviously. So yeah, it's it's I, I think we're gonna be just fine between now and then. And I think and again, it one thing the one thing I again put a pin in this this whole Disney Plus thing. I and if so let me just say this, Star Wars fans, Star Warriors, if you will. You wanna see more content like Clone Wars, and when I say content, I mean like animation. You want to really promote this and you want to really watch this as many times as you can, because if you love it and you want to show Disney, you want content like the Clone Wars, you got to watch it and watch it a lot because that way. I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I don't like that point has been made. Like when you're saying show Disney that you want this content, that's what we've been doing for the past 10 years. That's why this is getting brought back and made in the first Uh, place. Well, it's being made in the first place, and, and this is my opinion. You can disagree, which I probably will. But uh, no, um, one the reason why this is being brought back is because Disney Plus. Period. Because they they need Star Wars content to keep fans engaged. Well, that's that's, that's true. But if 
if Clone Wars but, like, wasn't popular and it had gotten canceled and people said, oh, okay, that's fine, then I think they would have rather just made a new show than spent the time and effort to bring Clone Wars back. Well, I, They know I, I how deeply true. the fans care about the, the these particular stories and characters, and there's a reason why... Because, again, I mean, if they're going to spend the resources to make an animated show anyways, heck, look at Resistance. You can make an animated show on a much lower budget than Clone Wars. Heck, you could probably but, make two Star Wars animated shows for, for the amount of stuff that they're putting into Clone Wars. But, um, you know, the, the reason that they're finishing this specific story and telling, you know, this particular story that they've been, you know, holding on to for so long and wanting to do it the right way, it's not just because they need to crank out some extra content for Disney plus it's because they know it means something to us. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. And I, and, and oh, it, it definitely to, is like that. Disney plus is a major factor in it, but I'm just saying that's not the only reason why we're getting clone wars. No, no, agreed. No, agreed. And I, and the reason why I say that, cause you're, what I'm saying is that we all wanted it. Right. And so it's because we want a quality animated show. And again, I'm not trying to dog resistance, but Let's be real. Resistance is not exactly in the same caliber as Clone Wars for many different reasons. And I think in every aspect, Clone Wars is a superior animated show from a technical from a technical standpoint, you know, not even including a story standpoint. So I'm just going by a technical. And I think if you want to see that kind of Star Wars animation like rebels even more better than rebels like clone wars is and you want disney to spend the money on a, a quality animated series you got to show up again for this because if, if they see people because here's the thing kyle you're right to an extent obviously that, that the reason they're bringing it back because it's a popular show let's be real they realize yeah people are going to want to stay in subscri star wars fans are going to want to stay subscribed to disney plus because of Clone Wars. And again, put a pin in this conversation, for, but I'll end with this for now, is that if you want to see something like this in the future, you need to support this and show them that high quality, expensive animation like the Clone Wars is not almost, I don't want to say almost or as good, but close to what people want or fans want with Star Wars much like a live action TV show, give us anime quality, great animation shows like animated shows like this, where, where there's a lot more, there's no, there's not as, there's, there's not as many limitations with this, that, whereas live action will have with budgetary reasons. Where if you give me, if you spend a little extra on the animation, you can do anything in Star Wars and make it look incredible. So I think it's important. I, I, I think, I mean, obviously it's important, but I mean, I, I think if you want to see something like this, in that quality caliber show up and show up often. But again, put a pin in this. Yeah, later. no. And, and I will agree with you on that because, um, you know, there's even been speculation like, Oh, if this does well, could we get maybe even more episodes of clone wars? And I'm not really holding out hope for that because this is the ending of the story. It's not just that they're giving us more right. episodes. It's like they're, they're finishing this. And I think Dave Filoni has even said, he's like, you know, I'm so excited <clears throat> that we go, get to go back and end it, but I don't necessarily want to, like, keep doing it on a regular basis. Um, but you're right that if this does well, that could, you know, pave the way for more more stories in that, in that Clone Wars vein of that really high-quality animation. So, I mean, yeah, we'll yeah. see. I'm sure it is going to do well because, obviously, this has right. a lot of hype and a lot of people have been waiting a long time for this. Um and as far as this trailer goes, I mean, 
I honestly wasn't expecting to even get like a brand new trailer with this much footage in it because there was never uh, they never officially released the trailer that came out at Celebration last year. Nope. And so I was like, thinking, when still are, surprises me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, the fact that they haven't released it yet, they must just be waiting to drop that, right? I mean, it's not even like The Mandalorian where they showed like preview clips there, but it was still kind of rough and unfinished and whatever. Like this looked like finished footage, you know, at least from the the bootleg versions of the trailer that you know that we could tell from. And it also wasn't like they'd said everybody turn your cameras off and made it a super secret thing. Like it was on the live stream. There's plenty of high quality versions of it out there that you can find. Um, it was just never officially released by Star Wars. But uh, here they come with a brand new trailer with a whole bunch of new footage um, showing just tons of awesome stuff with, uh, you know, all the stuff that we know we're getting in here with Ahsoka, with the Bad Batch, with Maul, with Mandalore, uh, the whole nine yards. Lots of stuff that actually connects to episode three. Like there's specifically a scene where the Jedi Council is all talking and uh, uh, Mace Windu says, um, like, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. And then Yoda says, great care we must take. And those are both lines from a conversation they have in episode three. Um, so that's kind of our first, like, on-screen confirmation that this is going to be overlapping with Revenge of the Sith. Um, there's also a cool little cameo in there where you see Depa Balaba and her uh, Padawan, Caleb Doom, uh, standing around that hologram with all the other Jedi, um, better yeah, known as Kanan, awesome. better known as Kanan Jarrus, of course, later in his life. Um, but See, yeah, my hope now is that since we know it's going to be overlapping with the events of Episode Three, and I think in particular Order Sixty Six, if we get not just the sequences that we saw in Revenge of the Sith be played out in animation, but just totally brand new sequences like. Caleb Doom and Depa Balaba, seeing them react to Order 66 and how that goes down there and other Jedi that we didn't see in the movie that had to deal with Order 66. So all that stuff, as far as being a possibility that we could see in these final episodes, just makes makes it that much more exciting. And something that we knew was a possibility, but now that we know it's pretty much confirmed that it's going to, that will be the case. It's just, man, can't not wait yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I think that's more than just a possibility. I think I don't think we're, we'll see a whole lot of stuff sort of rehashed from episode three. So, like, I don't think we'll see the same montage of like uh, Ayla Sakura and Plo Koon and mm-hmm. everybody. But I think we probably will see uh, some more Jedi that we've only seen in the Clone Wars. Like maybe we will see Deva Balaba. Maybe we'll see uh, Quinlan Voss or Luminara um, or, you know, some of those because- other kind of characters. Yeah, because we know, I think, the main focus of who whose eyes are going to see Order 66 through in this these episodes is going to be Ahsoka and Rex. Mm-hmm. And mixed in probably with a few little clips or snippets, like maybe with Caleb and Depa Palava and some other Jedi. But I think the main focus will obviously be Rex and Ahsoka and how they handle it. And we got a little tease of that in the Ahsoka Jr. novel. And ever since I was reading that, it, was, I mean, it begins with her confronting Maul, and later on we get... To see how her and react, or how her and Rex react to the aftermath of Order sixty Order sixty six, and the fact that we can get more of that, because I loved reading that in the book, and then just seeing it play out in the actual Clone Wars series is just going to be so so cool. So, yeah, <laughs> just seeing that one little snippet in the trailer that we got of moments for Episode three just brought all those thoughts to my head of what else we could possibly see and how we could just it makes that. In pivotal, important moment of the saga, even greater, which is what Clone Wars does best—just enhance the movies. So mm-hmm. this is gonna, I think, gonna be another 
example of that. Yeah, for sure. I think that this is going to, I think that this whole Mandalorian Mandalore arc is going to be an all timer. And I think that if any, if, if the Obi-Wan episodes in season four were any indication when he opens up the door and it's just massive chaos. And that was what, almost like eight years ago at this point, maybe 10 years ago. That was, well, that was, that was season five, but yeah, I think that was like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. So it's imagine that, but even better animation. And again, being informed of what goes on later on. So Will we have Mandalorian references or the the Mandalorian references? Will we, you know, there's talk about Maul's going to make solo references about, you know, again, things like that. I could I don't know where I read that, but it was somewhere around Celebration that there was something like that or rumored of something like that. So um, there's a lot to be to be excited about with this, that arc in particular. And I think that that's going to be a real defining moment for the, for the series and maybe in all of star Wars, to be honest, because this is, could be where, what sets up why the Mandalorian and everything is kind of where it's at potentially, or in, in man, in the future of Mandalore in the rebels and what after happens after rebels, it could really do a lot of that setup for it. And so I think this is something that we, in retrospect is going to, we're going to be very grateful. We got, and we're going to have to wait a little bit and we're going to have to get through a couple arcs that we've already kind of know what's going to happen potentially. But at the same time, I think it's going to be worth it. Obviously, obviously it's going to be worth it, but I mean, I think we're going to be very happy with what we get and we, and we're going to, but we're also going to love what we get in between there. So mm-hmm. lots well, and to we be already, excited about. We already know what's going to happen in the bad batch arc. Um, at least for those of us right. who've seen the story reels, I'm sure there are probably a lot of people who haven't. Um, but then the next arc after that, that's another brand new one too. So we got no idea what's going to happen there aside from like the preview clips that we've seen of it with, um, Ahsoka right. just kind of being on the down low on Coruscant, but I don't think she's going to stay there because we've seen, you know, there's a lot of stuff um, in like both trailers that we've seen so far of like her meeting up with these other girls and they're on a ship and they're off to somewhere else. And that may be the arc where she meets bo before the Siege of Mandalore. So, um, yeah, lots of exciting stuff there. Um, and man, I just I can't freaking wait uh, for this to come back um, in just I mean, less than three weeks from right now as we're as we're recording uh, maybe even two weeks by the time this one goes out. So, um, yeah, it's really cool to just get uh, get a look at all this new stuff, finally get a release date, and just get excited for some Clone Wars coming back. And this trailer was also, for me anyway, a nice reminder of just how special it was whenever we got a new Clone Wars trailer and just mm-hmm. what a big deal yeah. it was. It just brought all those great feelings back, harkening back to those when the Clone Wars was airing during the course of its five seasons on TV and then the Netflix season when we got that trailer was special too, but it just, it's been a, such a long time since we had that, that feeling with Clone Wars. And it's just so good to have that back because it's on the same par, if not better than what we're used to as far as animation wise. And just everything that gets you so excited for a new season of Clone Wars, this trailer had it all amazing action, cool character moments, story beats that get you excited and I just like some of the dialogue, too, that was spoken here. One of my favorite ones is what Maul says. I forget exactly what part in the trailer, but he just goes, the plan. 
knowing mm. what's about to transpire. And I think he I also says something how, about, you know, the galaxy will be remade and the Jedi and the Republic yeah. will die. So it makes you wonder, like, how much of this does he know about? Yeah, and we got a hint of that when he first got his mind back in season four, in that finale, when he says, so like, the Clone War started without me. So you know Palpatine told him a good portion of what his eventual endgame was for the fall of the Jedi and the Republic. And now that Maul's seen it unfold, I just can't wait to see more of what his reaction is going to be when he's seeing this all go down and he's not a part of it. If it's really still going to bother him much or he's going to try to use it to his advantage in some way. So just those whole aspects is just another part to be really excited about with that Siege of Mandela arc. There's so many layers to that story that's going to make it, like you said, Paul, an all-timer. Just how the Yoda arc was an all-timer and at the po- at that moment, Ugh. a very fitting end to the series. But mm-hmm. I think in different ways, not so much dealing with the Force, but with the characters, it's going to be on that same level where just some really, really special Star Wars moments we're going to get. So, yeah, just, man. <laughs> Again, just everything about this trailer is getting you super pumped for it. Like, the good old days when those Clone Wars trailers would come and get us hyped for our coming season. This one is exactly that. And that's why it's just so great. Yeah. Because back in the day, you know, there were no new movies coming out. And so getting a new Clone Wars trailer, like at Celebration or Comic Con mm-hmm. every summer, like that was the big marquee Star Wars thing to look forward to. So, um, yeah. I mean, and again, you know, Paul, when you're asking earlier, like why I'm so excited for this, it's like part of it is just nostalgia. And like Tim's talking about just taking me mm. back to. Uh, what just was such a fun time as a Star Wars fan and being able to finally uh, sort of relive that and also, um, you know, just finally see that story finished out. Yeah, I, I think Star Wars Clone Wars is probably it, it's like you guys said, I, I was it, it, sorry, I'm trying to get my thoughts here. The the fact that this was the the the, the perennial you know, perennial moment of of celebrations in years past, and I remember just kind of I would be online reading like comic book resources or Newsarama, and I would see oh a new Clone Wars trailer, and I oh yeah I forgot about that, and I, I just remember coming this to Clone Wars a couple a couple seasons later after people had already got in gotten into it, and. It's just it is such an important part of my of my fandom because it got me back into Star Wars. And when because the books and the comics were had already come out and and it just kind of I got lost and I said, you know, what I can't keep up. with. There's just too much. And I think we all anyone can relate to that. Right. And with with the Clone Wars, it was very much what brought got me back into, you know, getting in love with Star Wars again. And I, as soon as, as soon as I started watching the Clone Wars, I started buying tons and tons of graphic novels of Star Wars. And it just, it, you know, and then before I knew it, the sale of Disney was there and I'm like, what the, it it just kind of, it just popped out of nowhere. Right. And so I just, and ever since then, it's just been Star Wars, you know, almost nonstop for me. So the Clone Wars is such a big deal, and I'm just I'm glad that I get to have one more just really sit back and enjoy the series and see it from, you know, again, at a very, very high level because the animation just looks incredible, mm-hmm. and I just cannot wait to see. And again, I want to see more stuff in this style of animation that's really just get fleshing out everything and giving us the star Wars we want. That's in animation. This is the animation we want. And I think this is 
again, I, I'm really, really happy that, that we're getting this because animation looks, looks incredible. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. Um, which is fitting because I, I talked about earlier too how every season of it just improved uh, not only in the storytelling but just visually and it looked so good by the end of its run and that was, uh, what, six, seven years ago that the final season came out on Netflix. Gosh, I can't believe it's been that long now. Yeah, six um, years in March. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was 2014. So, um, but yeah, naturally, uh, you know, they've made a whole nother show in the time since then and technology's come farther and so they're getting... Uh, pulling out every trick in their bag to just make this thing look absolutely incredible. Um, and this is just, I have watched the trailer on my TV, but mostly, you know, just watching it on my computer or my phone. Like I can't wait to watch every full episode of this and, you know, full HD on the big screen. Um, it's just going to look so cool. So um, we got all those reasons to look forward to new Clone Wars coming up February 21st. Um, and I'm sure, you know, as with most Star Wars TV series, like with the Mandalorian and stuff, we're probably not going to review every episode individually on here. Uh, we'll leave that to, uh, Matt and Mike over on Rebel Cells, which, you know, originally started out as Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast. So it'll be a fun throwback to hear those guys talking new Clone Wars again. Um, but yeah. I'm sure we'll also, I, I imagine we'll probably do like a review of maybe every story arc once it's done. Um, Either that or, you know, at the very least, like a, a season premiere and a season finale type of thing. But yeah, maybe we'll just do an episode covering each story arc as well as, you know, whatever new other news might be going on at the time. I might just but, have to devote a whole episode to the Siege of Mandalore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like when when Siege of Mandalore is done, we're definitely doing an episode just about that. Um, but we might do a couple more along the way. Um, but yeah, man, can't wait to just talk about that with you guys once that's all over. And I hope it's just going to blow our minds from everything we're hearing. It's going to, um, even though we think we kind of know how it goes from the Ahsoka book and stuff like that. I mean, you know, Sam Whitworth said it's his favorite stuff they've ever done with the character. And I know there's other people who work at Lucasfilm who've been teasing stuff on Twitter lately. Like, Oh, I just got to look at something that hasn't come out yet and it's really good and you guys are going to love it. And I'm like, Hey, you're all watching the new Clone Wars episodes without us, aren't you? Um, <laughs> so it's right around the corner. Uh, going to be some great stuff. Can't wait to watch it and get to talk about all of it with you guys. Um, but let's go ahead and move on from Clone Wars and talk about some other stuff on Disney plus uh, kind of some good news and some bad news um, with stuff that came out recently. And the good news is this actually just came out today from a, uh, a Disney earnings call with Bob Iger. Uh, the Mandalorian season two will be coming out in October of this year. Um, and uh, he was talking about that as well as, you know, for anyone interested in the Marvel stuff, I think the Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming out in August and uh, WandaVision is coming out in December. Um, and Mandalorian season two is going to be wedged right in between those in October. So we knew it was coming out fall of this year. And, uh, you know, the first season of course came out in November, which is in the fall. So I was like, yeah, you know, they could come out late November or even early December and still technically be in that fall release window. Um, but nice to know that it's coming out in October and we're actually going to have to wait less than a year in between seasons of the Mandalorian. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think this this was a little bit of a surprise in a sense to where I I didn't expect them to announce it this quickly, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't but, either. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, there I, I don't I'm not trying to change change the subject here, but I'm a little disappointed that they're not 
giving us more of a film kind of a thing, like a film update. Because with they they've already announced because Bob announced at the last earning call that it was going to be the Game of Thrones guys as the next film, and now that that film that they kind of dropped out or whatever, it, it what did he say? He he said in this in the earnings call that the next the future of Star Wars is all on television, which I have been saying for a long time, and and to be honest, I think that's awesome, but I. I still want to know what the big, what the, what the event film is. And again, that's what to me is the exciting thing for star Wars. Now with films is that we don't have to wait for to get content of star Wars anymore, but the film is still like the pinnacle. I, after watching rise of Skywalker in the movie theater, I still want star Wars films. And, and I think that to me, you know, at first I'm thinking to myself, well, we don't really need Star Wars films if we have them on television because Mandalorian's incredible. And then we all agree to that in Clone Wars and we're going to get Cassian and Obi-Wan. But after watching The Rise of Skywalker and, and all the, the scale of everything, it just reminded me of how special it is to be in the theater. And I really want them to announce something about that soon. And they were supposed to or rumors of supposed to putting out some kind of thing for uh, announcement of a director this month or last month. But, but yeah, the earnings call, it was interesting that he only brought up the Mandalorian and he kind of stayed focused on, you know, obviously a, a, the galaxy's edge rise of resistance ride and things like that. And Mandalorian and, and how the, the future of Star Wars is on television. So it's interesting because I also got to think that, we have a, an announcement coming up pretty soon, which I'm not sure if we're going to talk about today or not. But with Project Luminous, mm. is there a film tied with that? You know, it's so it's 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 weird to me. So I the earnings call and Mandalorian coming out in October is exciting. But and I obviously I'm, ex I'm super stoked for that. But I just want to know what the future of films are. And is it going to be pushed back? I think that's, there's potential there, to be honest. So I think but, it we'll might see. be. Um, because yeah, the, last we heard the release date of the next movie was in 2022, but all we've heard since the rise of Skywalker and he reiterated it, uh, today on this earnings call, as he said, they're going to take a bit of a hiatus before the next movie. Um, now that's like, you know, it, December of 2022 is like three years from now. So you could consider that kind of a hiatus, but also like, that's not very long to wait in between star Wars trilogies. So are we waiting even longer than that? Or is that still the set release date and they're just not ready to talk about it right now? Are they maybe trying to, maybe that's what they're still shooting for, but maybe they don't want to lock themselves into something if they don't have a good story idea yet. So maybe they're still like in the, the development phase and maybe it's not definitely pushed back yet, but they're kind of leaving that door open for themselves if they need to rather than, uh, you know, continually promising that release date when they don't even know what it's going to be yet. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely some uncertainty there. Uh, but I don't know. I'm okay with taking a break from the movies for the time being, because again, I'm really excited about Clone Wars. I'm really excited about, uh, the next season of the Mandalorian and the other stuff that we're going to be getting on Disney plus. And so, while I agree with you that, yes, like for me, ultimately, Star Wars is always going to be a movie franchise above everything else. Um, I think, you know, leave give us uh, some time to like let the last trilogy sit with people, because um, I think, you know, if you if you loved it, you may, you know, just want to to chew on that and digest it for a while and enjoy that before they dump something else right on your plate. And if you didn't like it, maybe you just need to 
you know, you want to kind of take a breather for a while before they keep throwing Star Wars movies at you, hoping you like one of them. Um, and I think, again, with the the stuff they've got going on right now with the 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 series on Disney Plus and even, you know, the video games and the comics and stuff, they're kind of on a roll right now. So uh, keep that stuff going. Um, and then, you know, bring the movies back when you have a really good story to tell rather than just locking yourself into a release date and making a Star Wars movie because we said we were going to make Star Wars movies. Right. Yeah, to be honest, I would have been actually really surprised if he mentioned anything about future movies because I think they're at a point now where they just really got to know for sure when they announce something for a movie that that's true. It's yeah. going to happen with the directors and creative talent involved with it now because we've just seen time and time after again how creators are being removed from the projects quitting Mm -hmm. be fired and all that stuff and i don't think they can do that anymore so might as well just talk about the stuff we know for sure are coming and especially for this year which is mandalorian season two so yeah i'm not surprised at all that he didn't mention it because i also think it's quite possible that they're not exactly 100% sure what the next movie is going to be either. And I really don't think they're going to make that 2022 release date. I'll actually be surprised about that as well. But I thinking the hiatus talk is going to be something that's longer than now till 2022. It might just be kind of maybe a few years after that, maybe 2024 or five even. So, but again, plus with him too, reiterating how the future of, or the immediate future of Star Wars is going to be on television. It just adds more to that, I think. So, but um, yeah, but Mandalorian getting in October, a month earlier than we got season one, I'm all for that. So <laughs> it should be uh, here before we know it. Just, as I was complaining about not seeing the Siege of Mandalore till April, but the Mandalorian season two won't be here till October. <laughs> Time's just going to fly by in between then and now with the Star Wars content. So shouldn't complain too much about that, but it was good to hear that we have a confirmed release window for season two of the Mandalorian, which obviously is going to be some, if not, well, this we're all hoping as good, if not great or better than season one with how things were left at the end of that season. So it should just be really, really cool. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know if we talked about it too much, but would you like to see an increase in the episode count for this season by maybe one or two more episodes, more than eight? Or did you think eight was perfect? Even though I know there's debate about actual episode time lengths but for the episode count for a season did you think eight was good because i personally think it it could be stretched out to maybe 10 i think that would be just a great solid season of content of new star wars that we're getting because i think the mandalorian as much as i loved season one i could have taken a couple of more episodes with that and i don't think it would have felt like it was dragging at all um and felt that it had to be wrapped up when it did so i don't know how do you guys feel about that I think it kind of depends on the format they want to go with and with the sort of the style of storytelling, because with season one, so episodes one through three kind of felt like almost their own little mini three episode story arc, four, five and six felt like separate adventures, you know, just kind of story of the week type of thing. And then episodes seven and eight heavily tied back into sort of the continuing story arc that was established in episodes one, two and three. And so... I don't know. And and I felt like it was a good episode count for a first season. Um, But like you said, I mean, I would be okay with it being 10 episodes, maybe. Heck, I'd be okay with being 20 episodes of Star Wars. But um, I also think, like, as much as I did enjoy every episode of the season, like, I almost felt like if you really, like, it almost could have been shorter. 
You know, it could have been episodes one, two, three, seven, and eight. And that's not to say I didn't like the other ones, but I'm just saying it could have been those five episodes, and that still would have been a, a great season, like, because it told a good story across those five episodes. Um, and so I think if you if you stretch it out more and you have a good story to tell across all of those episodes, then go for it. But I also don't want it to be like, oh, this is popular, so let's throw a couple more episodes in there to give people a little bit more of what they want, but then they just feel like filler episodes, you know? Um, That's true. But at the same time, if they felt like I'm hoping that they have the okay where if they really feel the story needs a little more length than what we did in season one, then you know, go ahead, give it one more one or more two episodes. I hope it's not somewhere it's a mandate or it's only eight episodes per season because of a budget. Oh yeah, and but, I don't think they would. I mean, if they can fit it into the budget, and especially if they have a good story that they feel like, hey, we need one or two more episodes to really make this story work, then go for it. I mean, I don't think Disney would have a problem with that given the success and the popularity of the first season. Um, I think, I, I think that the, that's kind of where I stand, Kyle, is that it needs to be as long as it needs to be. And yeah. I think, obviously and I know that sounds like a like, cliche answer, but like, it's, it's true. true. Like, like I want it to be yeah. longer if the story needs to be longer, but at the same time, if the story is short, I don't want more episodes just for the sake of more episodes. Yeah, we don't need to have a, a prolonged thing because they want to max out and, and have people keep coming back to to watch The Mandalorian and it just becomes fluff at that point. I don't like saying filler because everyone, everyone says filler. Yeah, and I don't think I, filler is a bad word either. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I agree because you know what? That episode where they have – where they they he has to go and, and break out uh, with the, basically the Suicide Squad – and whatever yeah, that's, I love that episode. Yeah, that's a great episode. You could say that's AKA, you know, AKA filler, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's not because as long as it's a good story, a good story is a good story. I, I, I think that for me that there's with, excuse me, with serialized storytelling, you really got, when you have a side story and it's, it, that's not prolonging the overall narrative. I think that you have to do it the right way. And I think, coming from the comic book world that me and Tim come from, if you read a lot of mainstream comic books like Marvel or DC or whatever, this is a very, this is a very traditional way of doing things. There's lots of what we, what we call one shots. And those one shots have to be really, they have to sell you on so many, so many different levels because you have to justify to buy the comic book, but you also have to justify a worthy story of the character. So it's, I don't know in, in the in the overall grand scheme of of a year's worth of storytelling for a comic book, the one shot issue in the series, or even a one shot just out of nowhere number one issue, which happens a lot as well, it's really hard to sell the fans. You have to really you know kind of conjure up a great story and to pitch you know to these companies and to sell it. So in the in the context of a season, and in this case, what I'm talking about is a ongoing comic book series. You really have to, you know, it, it's a, it's hard, but it's also very gratifying sometimes too when you can do a story and come back to that said story and use that for future storytelling what you, that readers or, or in this case, viewers don't even realize. Like, for instance, um, when they killed Zero, the, the droid on the Mandalorian ship, I'm, you know, because I'm a comic book fan, the first thing I think of is, is he going to keep Zero's body and is he going to use him down the line? Which is funny because they use IG-11 later on, right? Well, 
here's the thing. They can go back and use that droid zero for another thing at some point because it's on his ship. So we don't know. It's stuff like that in the kind of a one shot or in this case, one off storyline that you can use for a, another episode later on. And, and the, you had that interconnected tissue. Dave Filoni was very good at doing this in, in a lot of Clone Wars stuff. I would say that it, he wasn't at the best in Rebels. Rebels was a little too, I feel like stretching out way too thin, to be honest, at times. Not all the time, but sometimes. And so I think with The Mandalorian, I feel that there's, I think you're not, here's the one thing I will say, you're not going to get a probably a, stretch it out too much because the this one main reason, and you probably already are, are guessing it, guys, but it's budget. This show is expensive. So it's not exactly, they can't just keep stringing things on and go, let's just take this story and stretch it out. It's so expensive what they're doing. They have to be very cautious of everything. So if anything, if they have extra time, they probably just put it back into the show of like making the effects look better or, or whatever. Right. So to me, it's, you have to be very calculated with this show because how expensive it really is. So I don't know if we're ever going to get a problem like we would have maybe potentially in a Rebels where I feel that they stretched it out pretty thin. But at the same time, I think there will be times where they have to kind of do a one-off, these one-shot, you could say, stories of a story and then come back to it later on or something like that. Like kind of like the uh, episode where he and, and he meets Cara Dune, something like that. So – I think that there's going to be episodes like that still, but they're not going to be stretched out. They're going to have a real defined meaning to them. And I would say that all the episodes, including the the one that everyone seems to, to really blast on, which is a Dave, ironically Dave Filoni's episode with the with the bounty hunter guy, and everyone's like, "Oh, guy's a terrible actor." This is a blah, blah blah. I you know, and I think to me, as long as they stretch it out to where it's building the character. And then and, and they do things like going to Moss Eisley, it's gonna be fine. I don't think that was a filler episode. I think it was still a fine episode. Well, and, and that's most- a that's a perfect example of a one-off episode that has setups that are probably gonna be paid off in season two with that mystery character that we see at the end. So exactly. probably the biggest, I would yeah, say yeah. at this point. Well, that yeah, yeah. As, as far as sort of dangling unsolved threads, I would say that's the biggest one. But then also, I mean, you got so much. Uh, just, you know, story content for them to go with in season two with, uh, you know, the Mandalorian trying to find uh, return baby Yoda to his people and just the the Mandalorian history and lore and stuff that they keep building on and uh, the stuff with Moff Gideon now being after him with the Darksaber and, um, you know, finding out more about what the Empire is up to and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, I will say, like Paul said, I think it pretty much is all going to be determined by budget, but also because the first season was so successful, I could definitely see Disney maybe saying, uh, Hey, you know, here, have a few more million dollars and give us, you know, 10 episodes instead of eight or something like that. Um, cause you also have to keep in mind that because they're released every week, like every week you can add another episode is another week that somebody's not canceling their subscription. Um, yeah. So that is another way for them to to kind of keep people on the hook. But also, I mean, I think they were already in production on season two as episodes of season one were airing, if I'm not mistaken, just from, you know, stuff I remember hearing on, on Twitter mm-hmm. and whatever. So, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so who knows? I mean, maybe they already had season two completely planned out and it wasn't necessarily affected by the reaction to season one. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Luckily, we have less than a year to wait for that. So definitely excited to see um, 
what they end up doing with another season of that. And then I think he also did confirm too that they've plan they already have plans to take the series even beyond uh season two. Which well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, which is, is not surprising. I mean I think that's the first time we've really heard any confirmation of anything other than just a season two, but I don't think any of us were expecting them to stop there. Um so yeah, lots more stuff to to look forward to in the future from that. Um, so that's the good news with the Disney Plus series. The bad news is uh, that there's um, been a bit of a shakeup behind the scenes with the Obi-Wan series. Um, and apparently, uh, so the writer has left the project. They're looking for a new writer. And I guess what happened was, um, and I don't know if this is due to response from the rise of Skywalker or, or the Mandalorian or whatever. But I think when they announced that Ewan McGregor was coming back for this, like back in, uh, in August or whatever at D 23, I thought they said they had the scripts already written. Well, now as they were supposed to be going into production this year, um, I guess they've decided to overhaul the scripts and, uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy just wasn't happy with the overall story or, or the writing or whatever. Um, but they're looking to, to hire a new writer to rework the scripts and just kind of touch them up before they actually start shooting on this. Um, there's also been, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but, uh, at least there's kind of been some talk that they might, uh, shorten the episode order from six down to four. Um, now the good thing is before this came out, there were some rumors, there were rumors starting to fly around on the internet that the show was getting canceled and, uh, I was like, you know, please don't let this be true. Um, so luckily it turned out that the show wasn't actually canceled, that it had just, you know, gone through some delays. Um, so there was some bad news there, but not the worst possible news. And then like the same day, Ewan McGregor was doing press for something else and they asked him about it. And he was basically um, really downplaying it, which was kind of comforting to see, like, because there were also people saying that maybe he was going to leave the project or that that had been the reason it was canceled or whatever. And he was like, no, I'm still attached. It's still happening. This is all being blown way out of proportion. People on the internet will freak out about anything, blah, blah, blah. But he did slip in there. He was like, we're still shooting next year. And I'm like, well, does he realize that it's 2020 already? Because like, we thought that the show was going to shoot this year and be released, you know, next year, um, or maybe even be fast tracked by the end of this year, who knows, but, um, he made it sound as if they're not shooting until 2021. So it definitely sounds like the show is a ways off. Um, but also at least for the time being, fingers crossed, pray to the force, this is still happening and hasn't been canceled. So, um, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, it's not a good look for Lucasfilm when this is just, you know, it happens with so many other projects. Um, happened with heck four out of five of the live action films they've released so far where they've either lost a director, lost a writer, um, had set issues or delays or, or, you know, whatever. And now this has happened with the Obi-Wan series as well. And I get that. I mean, on the one hand, this is a good thing. Like I would rather them like if the scripts aren't good, then yes, please take your time and make the scripts good before you start shooting rather than just cranking something out just for the sake of it. Um, and you know, cause who wants a bad Obi-Wan series? Like, and they know that's not going to win them any favors with the fans. If they bring back you and McGregor, like everybody wanted, and then they screw it up. So I'm glad that they're taking the time to get it right, but still it's just, this is a recurring trend and it's, you know, kind of troubling. So, um, Hopefully they can get this all straightened out. 
Yeah, this was not the news I wanted to hear about Obi-Wan when it first dropped. But like you said, it's the same dance we've done with a bunch of other Star Wars projects over the last few years. And it's just sad to say, almost becoming routine. I was hoping it wouldn't that wouldn't be the case for the TV shows. And it wasn't for the Mandalorian, thank goodness. But it's reared its ugly head for this one. And like you said, Kyle, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's disappointing that this keeps happening. But at the same time, you're kind of glad that they're just not rushing to get it out. And they want to make sure that they're getting this right. And it wants they want the scripts to be as great as they need to be. So that part I definitely understand. So it's disappointing, but like you said, I'd rather them delay it a little bit, make sure everything, this, they're happy with the scripts, and they're shoot when they start shooting. And I believe Ewan McGregor said, it's been a while since I saw that clip of him talking about it, but he was saying how there's a, just a little delay with the scripts, wanted to touch them up, but how it's not going to affect their planned um, starting shoot date. And I think he even said their planned release, too. Maybe I'm not remembering that right. But for sure, he said it's not going to affect when they're planning to start shooting. So that was good to hear (laughs) real close after this news dropped. But, yeah, it's still, like I said, not a great look to have now that it's going to the TV show's front as well. But there's still a lot of stuff to, you know, stay positive about it. Because I think a lot of headlines even and just the reaction online was a little bit of an overreaction to an extent of thinking that's all doom and gloom for the series and that it's eventually going to lead to the cancellation of it and fire Kathleen Kennedy with all the stuff we've heard before when there's news like this, but there's still, Hugh McGregor's still attached and thank goodness that all the trades were saying Deborah Chow is still attached to direct the series, which is great. I mean, if we would have lost her, that would have been a major bummer and disappointment about looking forward to the series, but she's still attached to it. And I am really curious about that point you mentioned regarding the episode count. If it's going to go down from six to four, which essentially would just make it an Obi-Wan movie. It would, right. if those episodes are, you just average out to the length of what we're kind of used to with the Mandalorian, 40 to 30 minutes each, mm. or 30 to 40 minutes each, something like that. It would add up to about a feature length film. So that's interesting if that's the way they want to go. And other aspects that, was being reported on the possibility of why they weren't happy with the scripts is that they were feeling it was a little too similar to the Mandalorian where the potential story outline for it was that Obi-Wan would be looking after a young Luke and kind of going, I guess the main episodes in the series would be Luke with Obi-Wan for a good portion of it, kind of like how baby Yoda was with the Mandalorian and he's becoming that father mentor figure to him. So I can understand that if that's a reasoning, because it would feel a little repetitive of that. But at the same time, I don't want them to completely abandon Luke at all from uh, the series because he would be such a focal point to Obi-Wan's story there, as we all know that that is why he's on Tatooine. But also, too, maybe it gives him more room to explore more of the Force aspects that we're all hoping for. Him himself training, communing with Qui-Gon to become a Force ghost. That's all stuff I'm really hoping that we're going to see there. And maybe that wasn't originally intended in those early scripts but maybe that's something they'll go to now to move away from um him looking after luke being the main focus of it so there's a lot of stuff that we just don't know about just yet and i tweeted this out when i heard the news where we just got a heed obi-wan's words in the empire strikes back patience <laughs> regarding mm-hmm. to what's going on with the series and when it's actually going to start shooting and airing and all that so definitely a bummer to hear but at the same time i don't think it's 
was as doom and gloom as some headlines and reactions were to it. There's still plenty to be excited about with who's all involved with this series. Well, I think that, first of all, Tim, Ewan McGregor did say those things at the Birds of Prey premiere. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where he said them. So he did say something along the lines of it's and I was wa- actually watching something today on YouTube about it. And I don't know if they officially announced the dates of when it's supposed to be out. But he actually did say it's not being delayed when it comes out. It's just being delayed when they start production. And the rumors of the fact that there it's, it's a little too similar to uh, The Mandalorian Makes sense, but the weird thing was one of the rumors was that they were gonna it, they're gonna pretty much bring in a, like a rogue Jedi, and it was gonna I never be, heard that. Huh. Not really. Yeah, there was there was a rumor that, and again I don't know how much I believe in this, but well I do believe that when there's smoke there's fire. The thing that I thought was interesting was it was Darth Crate uh, character. Basically, because in the in the Legends mm. continuity, Darth Crate, which you, he's a Star Wars, uh, oh my gosh, uh, I can't, be, I'm forgetting this Legacy. Yeah. I want to say Legends, but no, it's Star Wars Legacy characters oh, now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but if you read the Clone Wars comics, he this character Darth Crate was a, a rogue Jedi from the Order sixty six era, and he actually becomes a Tuscan Raider after the purge and That's right yeah he had a cool and, design too as a jedi <laughs> he did <laughs> he did and and that what i understand is that's what he was going to be going up against in the film because he was going to be going after luke skywalker and this is all rumors that I, I have kind of heard a number of different places now i'm not saying this is like variety reporting this is i'm not saying that either so i don't know how how much validity is there that being said, it is interesting nonetheless that I think that that was kind of being part of it. And that would make, to be honest, that would make a lot of sense because you could play a lot off the aspects of the rogue Jedi, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi connecting to a Jedi that he, you know, that he hasn't connected with, but also see that him or her go down a dark path, et cetera, et cetera. There is a lot of cool uh, things you could do with that potentially. And I think that it be, I don't think it was Darth Crate, you know, literally, but maybe that storyline was going to be played out in this and, and going after Luke. But you know what? I, I If that's the case, or assuming that the reason why they're rewriting the whole series is because, or retooling it is because of that reason and the success of The Mandalorian, that makes sense because we all know Obi-Wan Kenobi film has been going on for a long time. And this story might've been already in place before the Mandalorian. And they just kind of kept it going, kind of thinking it wasn't that similar. And maybe the Mandalorian story evolved over time. And by the time Mandalorian came out and they're working on things, they realized, Oh, wait a minute, this is way too similar. And so, and that being said, this has to be very particular what they're going to do because they got, because again, if star Wars future is now in television and really in movies as, as far as it's, per, you know, predominance, this is a big deal with a character like Obi-Wan. You have to get it right. And mm-hmm. let's face, let's face it here too, people. And I'm, I am not a Kathleen Kennedy hater. I'm I want to make this very clear, but at the same time, I've been very critical of how she's handled things creatively with star wars i think she's done a great job for the most part but i think her handling and picking out talent hasn't exactly worked out to her the the best way possible that being said it's interesting because i'm wondering with this 
What does that mean for? Because by the time this show comes out, I don't know if she's going to be around Star Wars as much anymore, if at all. So you got to wonder is if this is coming from her or like, is this her legacy essentially of wanting to make sure that she puts it in the best way, best foot forward possible? Or is this coming from a different person or maybe from Disney saying, you know what? We want to retool these scripts. Maybe she, because remember she does say in the August um, D23 that the scripts are written and everything. She said they're done. So the fact that they're rewriting it now is very interesting. And I think that that I wonder if maybe either she's had second thoughts or if someone above her is saying, you know what, you're going away in a year or so. And by the time this comes out, you won't even be attached to it. We want to make sure this is the right thing to do. So we need to have our, you know, one more pass and modify a few things. And it's probably... And obviously, if it was going to be delayed longer than I think than the release date of what Ewan says, I think I think they would just say they've delayed it for a long time. And now, granted, that's what a lot of people were reporting, and that was the rumors I think within the the insiders. But I think Ewan McGregor coming out saying, you know, the scripts are great, you know, but they have to retool the story a little bit. That's my words, not his. So, well, see, that's the thing, though, is I think he his words did kind of contradict what other people were reporting because he said he's like, no, we're still on schedule. We're still shooting next year like we were always planning to, whereas like reports were that they were going to start shooting this year and that the whole thing got pushed back because of them retooling the scripts now and everything. So, in fact, they said like that the crew had all gathered to start shooting and then they sent them all home um, because they weren't going to start production when they had planned to. Um, and then Ewan McGregor made it sound like, no, 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 like it's no biggie. Like we're shooting next year, just like we were always planning on. And it's like, well, that wasn't the plan though, as far as we could tell. So, um, I think there's definitely a little bit more going on than he's kind of letting on. Um, or again, maybe he misspoke. Cause again, this was like back in January. So maybe he kind of forgot that it was 2020. And when he said next year, he meant 2020. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is a bit more, you know, a bit more serious than he's kind of making it out to be. Um, but at the same time, you know, not spelling doom and gloom for the series at all. Um, I don't necessarily like what you were saying about somebody maybe going over Kathleen Kennedy's head and kind of doing it because she's not going to be there. I don't think I would buy into that too much. Um, you know, I, I think I, she's, I I think pro- she's still the one calling the shots and rumors were that the, the word was that she was the one that wasn't happy with the scripts. Um, and again, it's it could have done this before, too, when she's yeah. not happy but with why, certain things. Guys, but why is she saying the scripts are done? They're great if, in August. And then now they're rewriting it. That to me now, is contradicting. Now, here's the thing, though. We I think we should just watch exactly what she said when they announced it at D23. I don't know if she said they were done. I think she said scripts are written, but it's being like some scripts are written and not all of them. Or, or, the scripts are written. Like it sounds the way or, I, or was it like we have scripts written? Because that's what I don't know. If it's like hmm. she applied all of them or just some scripts were written. Recently, she says the scripts are written. Like she says, like they're done. Yeah, I mean that sounds pretty final to me. Yeah, but. and that and that's that's not the, the re. I'm not saying I buy into that whole idea either necessarily, but in the context of everything going on, and what she's it's just, again her contradictions and and, and again, I, again I think she's done a, a, a good job for the for the most part. 
just handling creative things like this has not been her strong suit. I think it, you know, I think her final results have been strong, but this, the handling, everything hasn't been great. But that being said, this, her saying that, and this rumor coming out does contradict each other. And, and we don't know the extent of it, obviously, but it still nonetheless is there. So for me, it, I just, you gotta wonder what exactly is going on. And I, I just don't know. And I, and, and for and like, I'm trying to say is, I, I'm just curious. I think it's a possibility. I'd say it is final, you know, if, you know, final that this is what I, that it's happened. But I think it definitely is a possibility that someone could say these scripts are not good enough. We got to go back. And she's like, okay, you know, because I'm not going to, you know, I, because they said, you're not going to be here. You know, this is not, we want to make sure this is this and this is that. I, it's possible. Not saying it's final or that it, for sure. It's possible, but at the same time, she can also, you know, after a reread is like, you know, having second thoughts, that's also a possibility just, just as much. So yeah, I think that's more likely a possibility because just because she said the scripts are written doesn't mean things can't change, you know, before production. And again, especially in the wake of the Mandalorian, like maybe if you read the two scripts and they seem totally different, but then when you see one on screen and then read the scripts for the other one and go, Oh, you know what? There's some stuff we need to change here. Um, you know, things things change over time. It could have been because of Mandalorian. It could have been because of Rise of Skywalker uh, or other issues behind the scenes. We don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, anything's possible. And just like as is the case with a lot of these behind the scenes changes and stuff, we'll probably never know exactly what it is that's going on. Um, but again, just hopefully they get things on track uh, with this series in particular and it ends up you know, being as good as we all hope it's going to be. And hopefully they get things on track just with Lucasfilm as a whole going forward. And we can hopefully get on a good run, you know, where they can have a, a string of a few different Star Wars series and films that are all good that don't keep having all these delays and, and changes in creative people behind the scenes and all that stuff. So, right. um, but we'll see, you know, Obi-Wan will get here when it gets here and uh, hopefully it'll be worth the wait. Um, but Paul, now that we've all talked about all yes. the other Disney plus stuff, uh, you have this, this, uh, mysterious pitch that you've been teasing with, teasing <laughs> us with all episode. Right, right, right. So I, I, I've said this on Twitter as well, and I have thoughts of where Lucasfilm need to take certain things. And I, it popped in my head and this idea, and, and this is not a groundbreaking idea, but I, I want to pitch it, but the, the way I want to pitch this idea is, I think, where they need to go. Because one of the things I think that they, that Lucasfilm has done is, has not exactly handled, I think, the sequel trilogy characters to their fullest potential. And I think that's because they were under the secrecy of a mystery box under J.J. Abrams for two-thirds of the time. I think that because of where The Last Jedi uh, came after, The Force Awakens, there's not a lot of stories to tell. But in the end, I think if you look at all the comic books, you look at all the, the books and, and whatnot – there's just not a lot of material out there that you can tell without having to flesh out or having to wait to flesh out the stories. And it's what's, what's really interesting is that the sequel trilogy only covers basically one year of time. 
And I, I will say I, I'm a little disappointed in, in the in the the time frame that it covers. And I'm curious what you guys think about that, but that's not really what my point of my conversation is. But in my opinion, there's a short amount of time that it covers. And even though I actually do love the sequel trilogy, and I, I want to make that very clear, I do. I do love it. And you guys have all heard me talk about how much I love Rise of Skywalker. It's my favorite Disney Star Wars film. And it remains that way. And I cannot wait to watch it again and again and again when it comes out on my on, you know, direct to video, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> so that so here's my pitch, because one of the things I think that they that they're doing there being Lucasfilm slash Disney is they have a, a rich, uh, a richness of characters with Ray, Finn and Poe, and they're not going to be utilizing them as of right now, as far as we know. Because let's just assume, let's assume that episode 10 is coming, but not for a long time, okay? Or even if it's not, but just for me, just for the sake of the purposes, let's assume episode 10 is coming, let's say in six years, all right, at the earliest. In six years, we're going to get episode 10 at some point. In the meantime, how do you, you know, and let's admit that Ray, Finn, and Poe haven't exactly maybe gripped uh, pop culture as much as even the prequel trilogy with Ewan McGregor, potentially. I don't know if you, how you guys think about that, but I think Kylo Ren maybe has, but a little more than the other three. But I, unfortunately, I, I would say Ray, Finn, and Poe haven't necessarily grabbed on to the mainstream as as as, as closely as, or or whatever, than other Star Wars characters in the trilogies. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but I just don't think it's as prominent or as, as popular potentially. It, the people, I think people like them, but whatever. I think that what they should do, they being Disney and Lucasfilm, and I'm curious, Cal, I've already, Tim already knows where I'm going with this. And people, listeners, I'm curious what you all think. You guys can say I'm, I'm insane or I'm ridiculous or whatever, but I wanna know what you all think of this. So here's my pitch. You have three great characters that I love. Okay, two characters, Finn and Ray. I'm not a big Poe fan, but I like Poe, but I love Finn and Ray a lot. But I, with these three great characters of Ray, Finn, and Poe, <clears throat> what are you going to do with these characters now that episode nine is done and you're not potentially or potentially going to episode 10 way down the line? What do you do with these characters? And if you look back <clears throat> at history with Marvel, uh, back with Return of the Jedi, you, they went post Return of the Jedi right away, and they kind of did their own thing. And 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 Lucasfilm let them kind of they they didn't let them stray too far, but they let them keep going, and then they eventually just stopped it. And a lot of that's because George was pretty much like, "I'm done with Star Wars. Star Wars is done." And then Marvel's kind of like, "Well, we're done," and it just kind of just, just faded off in obscurity. And then obviously eventually did, you know, Dark Empire and all that jazz and the Thrawn trilogy and the rest is history. The difference is, is that that wasn't canon. That was just ancillary material that was Lucas basically trying to get more popular, get Star Wars back into the pop culture, you know, uh, mind frame or out in the culture and just try to get people to, you know, realize that Star Wars is back. But he was trying to revitalize those characters. What I and I'm not saying that Ray Finn and Poe need to be revitalized, but I think these are such great characters. It's uh, it'd be a shame to waste them as right now just waiting for another film. 
And I don't think that a comic book or a book is the right way to go because I just think that they're, you need to do more with them. So here's my pitch. So I say all that for my pitch. I think that what Lucasfilm and Disney should do, and I think it's, and to me, I think it's imperative that they do something like this, is that they do a post-Episode 9 animated series that takes place pretty much right after The Rise of Skywalker. Meaning, like, you can do it right after she says, I'm, you know, I'm Ray Skywalker, literally gets on the Falcon and flies off. You could start right there. But you could say, like, a week, two weeks later, a month later, whatever. My point is, you want to get these characters in a place where you can start building off of them. And I think also capitalizing on these great characters because you there's so much more to tell with them because you barely told anything with them already besides the reveal of who Ray was and whatnot. And, and with Finn, you have a dangling plot thread of, of basically this Force-sensitive person and what happens after that. So here's my thing. You want to do an animated series in the vein of Clone Wars because this is why. You've got you've already established and invested so much in these great characters of Rafin and Poe, and you want to keep giving the or you want to keep developing them and showing them and, and having the mainstream audience have them in their minds because you've already created these characters. To drop them out and just put them in the comic books and in into into books is fine for us hardcore fans, but you want to cut you want to keep building these characters. You want to sell these characters because you've already spent the last five, six years selling these characters for films. Why stop there? Let's keep it going and not wait for a film. Now you would probably say, well Paul, you you don't you don't want to do that because whoever takes over episode 10, 11, 12 or whatever, they're not going to want to adhere to a, an animated series. That is exactly right. So here's where the catch is. And again, I use, I'm use i using Clone Wars as a parameter because I think it's brilliant what they've done between Clone Wars and Rebels and why the animated um, medium is perfect for something like this. Because here's the deal. Look at the Clone Wars specifically. It spans over, what, two years? And how many seasons have we got from it? We've got six seasons, seven seasons. And... How much has those seven seasons enriched the the excuse me the prequel trilogy already? It I mean for me, I always loved Revenge of the Sith, but I always had issues with, or not even issues, but it was hard for me to connect with the Phantom Menace and with Attack of the Clones compared to the Re Revenge of the Sith. Well, after the Clone Wars, I'm pretty much I love the prequels completely because I really do feel that the Clone Wars fleshed that that those aspects out. I think that the sequel trilogy needs more stories told with those characters that take place close in proximity with the sequel trilogy to flesh out those characters and those aspects that were established in the sequel trilogy. And I think that what you need to do is you have the sequel trilogy. You don't go past a certain point. You go to like two, three, four years, four, not even four. I'd say two, three tops. And your whole premise is... You're basically the you're trying to build the republic back up again. I know that's old hat, but again, you're building up the republic. You have Ray essentially restarting the Jedi again. But we're going to see instead of you know waiting for Luke to do it, we're going to see Ray do it from the ground up. 
and you don't give her like a ton of trainees. You basically have her start off training Finn and that's it for a while. And then you maybe add one, maybe two more trainers or trainees or whatever. And then you stop at a certain point because if you do do episode 10, you don't have to pick up that much or adhere to so much from the animated series because you didn't, you know, because by the time the sequel, again, the eventual uh, episode 10 starts, you don't have to adhere that much to that story because it's so close to Rise of Skywalker that so much time will be have already taken place between episode 9 and 10. You can you can do your own story still. But what you can do in that animated series is do the same things that the Clone Wars did. You add to the mythology of so many different things like the Force or to the Republic or give more backstory to the First Order because of the remnants of the First Order, you know, and add different aspects into Star Wars that maybe, you, you know, you can add in with the sequel trilogy that maybe it, it, it hinted at, but you want to, you know, to uh, build off of. But again, the whole idea is taking these characters that, that we fans love and also the mainstream audience may like, but maybe not love as much as we do and start selling them more and building them up and go, oh yeah, here they are. Those those characters. And the best part is you don't need the actors to play them to do their voices. As we see with the Clone Wars, you don't need the same voices. You just need people that sell the characters. So to me, that's what Lucasfilm needs to do. I want animated series for these other characters like Ahsoka and, and whatever. Those are great. But you know what I want? I want sequel trilogy characters and what happens afterwards. And again, if you keep it so close to Rise of Skywalker, you can still have your cake and eat it too for episode 10 but still have Rey establish that new Jedi order and start, and start training Finn because look at I, I, the reason I say, you know, training Finn, cause look at Leia, right? Leia is a great example of, we all assumed that Leia was going to become a Jedi. Even all the writers from the EU from the legends continuity all thought that, and they all did that. And then all of a sudden episode seven happened and we're like, Oh, wait a minute. She's not trained. That's weird. And then we find out, Oh yeah, she did start training, but she <laughs> stopped because of, of this reason. No, no, and I'm not knocking that. I think that's a great, I was a great kind of, you know, kind of a setup in my opinion. So I think that even if let's just say episode 10 person writer or whatever is like, I don't know if I want to have Finn to be a Jedi by the time I get there, you could have him stop for some story-based reason at that point, if that's not what they want to do. My point is, is that you, you at least keep the story going post episode nine, get, build the lore and build these characters and sell these characters because these characters are great. They just need more time. They need more story. And I think an animated series in the vein of Clone Wars and how beautiful the animation looks could really do wonders for, I think, these characters. And I think I would love for people to, to, to grab something like this and say, Lucasfilm, this is what we want. Because that's what I want. Selfishly, that's what I want. But I also think it's what the, the sequel trilogy characters need to keep going because I just don't think comics and books, and you know me, I love comic books. I just think they need something more. I think something like the Clone Wars would be perfect for something like that, especially of expanding the Force and the Jedi Order. And I think by so, so by the time you're done with this series, you've already liked the Clone Wars, like you, Kyle, that you 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 grew up on the prequel trilogy, but you loved it even more because of the Clone Wars. Same thing for these kids who are watching the sequel trilogy. They may not, maybe they, they like the sequel trilogy. They don't love it. Maybe for whatever reason, they start watching the, the sequel trilogy show with their family and they love it even more. 
And they, you know, by the time episode 10 comes out, they're all, they're even more invested. So I think that this is, this really is something that Lucasfilm needs to consider, in my opinion, because you need to take these, you've already set, uh, you've already spent this last six years building these characters. Do something with them that's more substantial than just this, the the regular, let's give books and comics. You know, give us an animated series. Let's do episode 10 later, but give us an animated series right after Rise of Skywalker and let's build that mythology even more. I'm curious your thoughts. I know Tim already has his ideas. I've told Tim this already, but Kyle, I'm curious your immediate reaction. Uh, okay, so I have a lot of thoughts about that um, in response to kind of different aspects of that that you were sure. sort of proposing i mean first thought off the top of my head if they're gonna do a, a really good looking high production uh animated series in the vein of clone wars i would rather it follow uh ahsoka and sabine going off to find uh ezra and thrawn maybe even teaming up with luke or just a series about luke and his jedi order in between episode six and seven because i think there's a lot of story already in that time period that needs to be fleshed out um and i think the issue like where you're comparing it to clone wars and what clone wars did for the sequel truly or for the prequels by fleshing that story out is the prequels or the clone wars takes place in the middle of the prequel trilogy and it covers a big event being the clone wars um from the prequel era that the movies largely kind of skip over like we see the beginning of the clone wars in episode two we see the end of the clone wars in episode three but you see all of it actually play out over the course of the show but because it's set in between the movies like i think that's why it it helps elevate the movie so much is because you can watch episode three and you see things in the interactions between Anakin and Obi-Wan or Anakin and the Jedi Council or the Jedi Council and Palpatine or whatever that aren't just informed by the previous movie, but are informed by all the stuff that you've seen with these characters over all the hours of Clone Wars that can then sort of help build up to those moments. I think the issue with the sequel trilogy, and I, I agree with what you said, I think they kind of painted themselves into a corner by making the whole thing take place over the span of a year is if you then go and make an animated series telling more stories after the fact, I don't know how much that's going to do to improve the movies themselves. And not that I'm saying they need to be improved. I mean, you guys know I have issues with The Rise of Skywalker, but we're not saying that that's the point of this, it is that they're making an animated right. series just to fix the movies. But that is one thing that, you know, is is a big, uh, a big plus point of Clone Wars is how much it... Um, you know, whether you want to say it improves the actual movies of the prequel trilogy or just expands more on that era and on those stories and those characters, I don't know that it would quite have the same effect to do that with a sequel trilogy series set after the sequel trilogy, because then is it really still sequel trilogy or is it sequel trilogy part two or continuing on from there? I mean, I do agree. Like, I love those characters um, and I would love to see more of Finn and Ray and Poe. And I think, like you said, an animated series is a, a great way to go with that because you can tell all kinds of stories. You're not tied down by budgets and locations or, um, you know, what actors you're able to get back. Um, and you can keep those storylines going and try a lot of new things. But the other issue that I have with it, and, and I was glad that you touched on this, but still, like, you know, if you are going to go back and revisit those characters in a future film at some point um, and you're going to make an animated series that's canon, that's going to have to line up and you can't even, 
like even if you were to say, oh, well, you know, we can have the animated series just cover the next three years after the movies and then, you know, we could make another movie set 10 years later and it wouldn't have anything to do with that. Like, I feel like inevitably there would still be some crossover, right? I mean, even like with uh, with Poe in Rise of Skywalker, how his backstory in the movie contradicts his backstory, like in the, the comics or the novels or whatever. Um, it's like there's... But I would say... But with, with Poe specifically, though, there... It was loosely to me. I, I feel like there was JJ didn't play ball, and that I think is the the biggest reason is because he's not he's kind of an outside source, if that makes any sense. Like he's not really someone who wanted to play ball with the whole thing because he is a big name. And whoever did episode ten, I feel that by the time that comes out, there will be so much canon already established that regardless if there's an animated series or not that they that person would have to, probably had to adhere to more so than would say a, or maybe would want to adhere to than a jj abrams and that's the difference i think also I, and, and even with jj abrams with poe dameron you they you could easily fit into that the idea that you know and Zuri Bliss says, you know, you went off with the resistance. She could have met Republic. There's there's ways around it and retconning and things like that. So, yeah, but again, clear. there there are ways that you can sort of retcon it to make it fit or go, oh, maybe she meant this. Or maybe, you know, when when she thought he left to join the resistance, he actually joined the Republic first or whatever. But like, it's clear that JJ didn't think about that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have put that in there. You know what well, I mean? And like, he didn't care. That's my yeah, point. yeah, he yeah, exactly. Care. Like. And so, but also, so I was thinking about that as you were, you know, just kind of describing your idea for it. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, obviously like having a, an animated series continue those characters, I don't think is that big of a stretch and something that I definitely could see happening, but doing that, having that sort of be like a big marquee thing, like have that be the next Clone Wars and have that be the way to keep people's interest in those characters until the next time we see them on the big screen again that just got me thinking like, man, that's why Lucasfilm needs a Kevin Feige. Because if you had somebody that you said Agreed. you're in charge of storytelling and any future directors that we bring on for the movies are going to have to report to you with their story decisions. And it's not a collective group that just kind of keeps things lined up in the canon. It's like, no, you are in charge of the storytelling content. Um, yeah. Then you could do that. Then, you know, I mean, let's say just for argument's sake that it's Dave Filoni. You say, Dave, you create this TV series, you create these character points for the character, you know, these these plot points for the characters, and then when somebody else comes along to do the next movie, you're going to dictate that they have to keep those characters on that same path or, um, you know, refer to those same story points or, or whatever and sort of keep this whole thing in line Um Rather than just bringing in somebody and going, hey, you're a big name director. We want to see your take on Star Wars, because I really think as much as I'm going to make it sound like I dislike the sequel trilogy more than I do, because I love Force Awakens. I love Last Jedi, and I still have a lot of mixed feelings on Rise of Skywalker, but I don't hate it as much as some people. And I definitely don't love it as much as some people, but there's parts that I love and there's parts that I don't love. Um but overall, as an overall trilogy, it just I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, I like I wish that JJ got his own trilogy. I wish Ryan Johnson got his own trilogy, and I wish, heck, I wish Colin Trevorrow got a trilogy. 
Um, yeah. Very good. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. Like, but just the the back and forth of of ideas and tones and themes and creative control between different people over the course of the trilogy is so obvious and feels so disjointed. Um, yeah. That you just you whatever they're doing in the future, whether it's animated series, and you can have somebody off doing their own animated series. But you know, if if this stuff is going to tie in, especially if you're going to do an animated series about these characters, um, and then you're maybe going to do more movies about those characters later, you have to have somebody with a strong creative vision, um, and and it, it can't be just Kathleen Kennedy because I mean she does a great job running Lucasfilm as a production company and and hiring people to tell these stories but her MO has kind of been let's get talented filmmakers to come in and make a good Star Wars story like she's not the one with the story idea and you need somebody who says this is the story we're telling let's get somebody to come in and make it so that it feels coherent either that or at least hire the same person to do an entire trilogy give them three or four years in between movies if they need it because i think that's the biggest reason why jj didn't want to come back for episode eight why ryan johnson didn't want to come back for episode nine it was just because the turnaround time was so quick um you know you go through all the the stress and the pressure of of post-production and editing and getting the movie done on time and then you got to travel all over the world and do press and then you'd be back shooting again the next you know like a week later starting on the next movie so give them more time if they need it i don't care um but i really just hope that wherever star wars goes next especially on the big screen that it's just well planned out ahead of time um as far as Mm -hmm. just you know story ideas and directions for the characters and that's not to say that things can't change over time i mean obviously george didn't know everything he was doing right off the bat especially with the original trilogy i mean that's how we ended up with stuff like luke kissing his sister and uh leia remembering her mom when luke doesn't even though they were born at the same time like he had to kind of make some stuff up on the fly as he went um and i think no star wars movie is perfect Mm -hmm. um but I think the sequel trilogy has the most glaringly obvious flaws in terms of the lack of planning in the storytelling across the entire trilogy. Um, like I said, it's, it, for me, the sequel trilogy is three good movies that are sort of less than the sum of its parts when you look at it as the trilogy as a whole. So um, that's, that's my biggest wish with whatever they, wherever they go next with star Wars. And if they do animated series or comics or video games or whatever, leading up to it or tying into it, that's great. Um, and again, I mean, as far as your idea specifically, Paul, like I, again, I would love to see more of those characters. And so I'm not saying this is a a bad idea. I'm just saying that if it's going to be like a big thing that ties into the next movies or whatever, they just got to be real smart and careful about how they're planning it. And I want to say two, a couple of things, and I'll let Tim, I'll let you kind of go in to this, what, what your fear of any uh, new thoughts or whatever. But the thing is, I would say with, with what, what tie in, I'm not saying it would tie into a movie directly. It wouldn't tie into anything directly. It'd be its own thing. That's kind of my, my point is that it would be, it'd be fleshing out the sequel trilogy by beat, like, again, kind of going back to how you said that it fit, the Clone Wars fit this certain space of time well the fact that the, the the sequel trilogy has such a short amount of time you then can go back and have more adventures with rose and you have more adventures with finn 
and again, explain more things, flesh out different aspects of Finn's character. And and one of the things about animation, and I think, or, or with, with, with an animated show, is that you have a development team developing all these things. So you have a team of Lucasfilm people, like how you were talking about how someone had a storytelling that with, with comic books, you have the story group and everything, but it's a lot more condensed. It's not as as big as having like multiple, multiple, multiple writers all writing and contributing and giving ideas. It's a lot more condensed of like, here's one writer or two writers. You know, we have, we know Project Luminous is, is, is coming and that has a bunch of writers, but something like this would be very more compact and you would have a lot more ideas coming in and out fleshing out these characters and i think like you said if they did have someone in charge of storytelling whoever i adhere to that could would have a good foundation to go off of as far as that as far as that because it wouldn't just be one guy or or a girl being this is what i want to have happen and this is what we're going to do it'd be more of, of development and because the animated show has so many different things going on that there's it's, again it'd be easier to adhere to um so so anyway, I guess my point is this is um, I just kind of feel that there's with an animated show like this, you can develop those things like the Clone Wars did. Because, again, the Clone Wars dealt with Anakin and Obi-Wan and they fleshed some things out. But they also introduced what's say what's a minute which it introduces like 60, 70 percent almost new characters completely. So they have, and they have no ties to the sequel, or excuse me, the the prequel trilogy, like the Rex, Ahsoka. They don't, they're not in the, the movies at all. And so, and then it has no effect on people's love for them. So I feel that what I'm, you can have that time and, and expand those characters. And it's still, it's important to build off of those things. And, and I think that it will do that. It will do those characters justice. So for me, I just feel like, again, you've done a great job or you've done a, you have these characters, what are you going to do with them? And it's, they're, they're in the, the mainstream consciousness, do something with them. So, you know, and it's me an animated series because the actors don't want to go back to it right now and I don't blame them. So that's why we go back to an animated series, new actors and voicing the characters. And I, I think it'd be huge. That's just me. But but Tim, I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, so there's a lot that I love and would be excited about for your idea, Paul, because I 100% agree that it would almost feel like a waste of the characters. I know waste might be a little strong because we've got a whole trilogy yeah. of them, but it, it has been in a short amount of time than what we're used to for Star Wars trilogies. So it has felt like these characters have come and gone and like you said, they're great and we want to spend more time with them. And I think an animated series that continues on their stories would be great. And I think it would be cool to have it be something different too, even though you're comparing it with Clone Wars, but to have an animated series that is not set between any films like Clone Wars was, like Rebels was, like Resistance was, to have some just spanning off on its own, creating its own stories without leading up to any particular movie or event. It's just free to do whatever it wants and tell what stories it wants to tell. I think that would be very exciting. But at the same time, there is a part of me that is more, you know, cautious and not overly optimistic kind of to what Kyle was saying about how if we were going to get future movies, episodes 10, 11, and 12, that they would adhere to that <laughs> or to what was been established in those series. I mean, it's possible, like you're saying, I get where you're coming from, where if it's only takes place two or three years 
and then there's a big old gap before the next trilogy. They don't have to adhere to that. But I think if the show is supposed to be successful and truly an impactful part of Star Wars storytelling, it's going to have to have some of those big moments like Clone Wars did and Rebels did that um, are referenced, or not necessarily referenced from the movies, but you can think back to those moments in the series that impact the movies you're watching. And I just think, and it could be totally different uh, people in charge by the time we get to 10, 11, and 12, or maybe it is more likely how there are adhering to more really to the canon that's being established in other media, whether it's TV shows, comics, or novels, more so than they are now. But at this point in time right now, just on the current regime that's in charge of Lucasfilm, it is that type of thing where let's just get the best filmmaker we want to tell a story. We'll hear their ideas and we'll give the okay and then we won't be happy with it later and then we'll fire you and then bring someone else, that type of stuff. But I'm kind of stretching there a little bit. But I'm just saying how that's the way they're doing things now where the creative talent they're bringing in, they're not going to have to adhere to what's been established before. And I think that could pose some problems as far as contradicting or whatnot to a series that, as you're saying, should has the potential to be really good and have some big moments that we'll all enjoy as Star Wars fans. So that's the only part of me that's cautious about the possibility of doing something that doesn't have anything to lead up to. But once they do make movies that are going to take place after the sequel trilogy, it could potentially cause some contradiction there, which we would hate to see. So, may, but may I may I ask, and I I think it's a valid point. But one thing I will say this to say to this is that look at let's compare Clone Wars and Star Wars Resistance. Those two things, okay? Would if if something kind of overshadowed Star Wars Resistance, which is not hated, but it's not universally loved like Clone Wars. What's what's we can we can all agree to that, correct? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not looked on the same. Way as Rebels and right. Clone Wars. Right, right. If if it kind of like tread, if it treaded, if, let's say my idea was was made, all right, and it had the reaction to Star Wars Resistance that no one really liked it, then them kind of like just kind of, you know, not contradicting, but like like how Poe uh, was in Zori Bliss and all that kind of thing would yeah, say. Not like, have to adhere to anything really. Right, but but let's just say that you could you could retcon it to make it fit. Because that's again, and let's be real: Star Wars and retconning is like peanut butter and jelly at this point, and not just <laughs> with the, not just with the sequel True. trilogy, but just Lucas in general. I mean, yeah. the Emperor coming in Episode Six was a last-minute thing because he wanted to wrap everything up. He wasn't supposed to even be in Episode Six, and obviously Luke and Leia's sister and all that stuff. That was to get everything out of there, and he retconned. When remember when Obi Wan said that you know. Your father was killed by Darth Vader. I am your father. I mean, that's a retcon right there. And again, mm-hmm. it's you can fit it into that. I'm not saying just, just do whatever you want. And you, fit, you know, I'm not saying do that either. But I'm just saying retconning is not exactly new to Star Wars by any means. So get that. Just kind of think about that for a second. Then you go back. So think about this with with if it was received like resistance and it wasn't very like well received for whatever reason, you could easily do that. And then just kind of, you know, retcon and do whatever, just like how, you know, yeah, what I already established that, but you retcon it, you whatever, you move on. And that's the episode 10 thing. And, and no one really begrudges it because no one really, not a lot of people love it. So it's like, it's like, okay, whatever. It was an okay show. It just wasn't as great. We want it to be. And I don't really care. It's whatever, right? You move on. No one really cares. But if it's beloved, 
and it's something that people really, really cared about, like a Clone Wars. And then you say, oh, man, a lot of people adhere, would say it's like Clone Wars-ish, where people really, like, look, put it on a high esteem, like, even better than the sequel trilogy. You better believe whoever picks up episode 10 is going to have to and want to adhere to that because fans love that, correct? So... To me, like it works, it can work in your favor too. So, you're to me, it's a win win situation. If it's not overly beloved, you can kind of like you get hurt a little bit. We can retcon a couple things, no big deal. Because if it's no one really likes it, I don't think no one's going to complain that you need to retcon some things. But if it's really beloved and people love it, then they're probably going to want to put it into that. Does that make sense? It does. Well, I just, I just don't think that would be kind of like a mandate they would have. We're bringing on someone to make episode 10, 11, or 12. Like, tell your own stories, but make sure you follow what's established in this animated series. But I would love it if it got to that point where the animated series, like Clone Wars and Rebels, were held in such high regard as the movies are to to filmmakers and everyone. Never say never. I mean, I would love that. But at this point in time, I just don't see that even being part of the discussion to probably hire and feel out a potential director or writer for a potential sequel, sequel trilogy. Again, I think the only way you make that work is if you have someone like a Kevin Feige or heck a George exactly. Lucas yeah. uh, overseeing all of the stories yeah. being made. Um, and I mean, to your point, Paul, like I don't think that would even work necessarily like to just kind of go back and forth like, Oh, well if it doesn't work, we can retcon it. But if it does work, we'll include it because I don't even think, I mean, some people may hate resistance or strongly dislike it, but I think most of us, you know, the, the reason that we, uh, don't hold it in as high regard as the Clone Wars or Rebels, it's not because we view the show as a failure. It's because the show is made for a different audience. It's made for younger kids. It has a different, uh, a different target audience and a different goal of what it's trying to accomplish. And so we kind of give it a pass for that. It's like, Hey, you know, it's not my cup of tea. Um, but it's, it's got less high expectations and less high ambitions than Clone Wars and Rebels did. But if you're talking about, uh, doing a show on the level of animation quality of Clone Wars, focusing on Rey training a new generation of Jedi, there's no option there to be like, eh, well, if this sucks and people don't like it, like we can just retcon it and pretend it never happened. Like, no, that's a big no. deal. And they're going to pour a lot the, of money into that and promote the heck out of it. So you're kind of going boom or bust it. with that. Well, hold on now. Retconning and ignoring what came before it, like just ignoring completely. I'm not saying ignore it. Retconning does not mean ignore it either. And, I, and, and again, coming from the comic world and looking at, Last Jedi from Force Awakens, the last Jedi to Rise of Skywalker, you're seeing major mainstream retcons right before your eyes, people. And that is, no matter what way you look at it, that's what each direct, or JJ and Ryan Johnson did to each other. There was massive retcons in every one of those movies, pretty much. And again, I love the sequel trilogy. What I'm and what I'm saying is, you don't you pivot. You don't say you ignore it and say, "Well, it's Legends now." I'm not saying that. What I'm I'm just saying that you just fit it a different way, and I'm not and I and I don't think you could go in the animated series and say, oh well, yeah, now this person's a full fledged Jedi. I think the only person that could should be a Jedi should be Finn, and I think that's very much established in the Rise of Skywalker that he's 
pretty he's force sensitive i mean it seems only natural like a leia if you will how it mirrors return of the jedi that you pretty much are foreshadowing this character is going to become a jedi at some point which we all would assume i would say in some regard um and again i'm not saying you'd have like eight students but i'm saying you'd have one maybe two including finn for training a new generation of jedi because you would only be spending over a couple of years after multiple seasons, it wouldn't just be about Ray, you know, the whole time training Jedi. It'd be her going on adventures as a Jedi, exploring the Force, exploring the Jedi, you know, history and learning and taking with those things. And, and there's so many great story ideas of just her building and trying to get the confidence and also not the confidence, but just understanding of what went wrong and what can I do better to, to you know, be to, for the new Jedi to come out. Like, there's a lot of great story potential there mm-hmm. yeah. that, that I feel well, that... Now, here's the thing. I, I Like I said earlier, too, I would love to see Rey doing that, but I also would love to see an animated series of Luke doing the same thing after episode six. Sure. So... I guess for me, yeah, I guess for me, it's, just, it's a bummer because with Luke, we already know where it's going. We know it doesn't end well. Yeah. So... So for me, it's like I'd rather have a more, little more optimism and a little more mystery because we don't know what's going to happen with Ray. Her story is not told yet. And I think that's what I get excited about. Now, everyone gets excited about different things, but that's just for me where I think where I think the the thrilling thing about the sequel trilogy characters is where what will she learn and what will be informed by her at that during that time of her life. And by by the time that is established in or what by the time they make an eventual next film, whether it be episode 10 or a whole nother thing, you can, you don't, that will play a That will play a big giant part in this overall story. I'm assuming in that movie, but you can always, they will have connections, but you don't have to like, you know, bend your whole story to that. What happens in those three, four seasons of that series, but it inf- helps inform that eventual movie because like, just like it's just, you assume that she's going to do what, what she's going to do. Just like we all assumed Luke was going to train the Jedi. Right. So I don't know. I appreciate you listening to me, hear me. I know we went long with and we'll have to get to Colin Trevorrow at a different time, but I'm curious what you all think of meeting the listeners and maybe I'm full of crap. I don't know. And maybe this, this tickles your fancy. I, th- I just would like something, you know, in the end, I would like something substantial, not something that's very kind of, and again, like not the disresistance, but something that's aimed at a young, really young, young, young audience. That's, that's very, you know, kind of, you could pass over it or whatever, you know, I, not something like that, something really meaty, uh-huh. something that's going like, to, something, something that's going to be substantial. And if it's going to be a book or a comic, that's fine, I guess too. But I just the books and the, in the especially the novels, in my opinion, they haven't exactly been meaty. They haven't exactly have a lot of really big things happen in them. And the comics have done that, but it's also doing things back way back in the past, like in the prequel trilogy and things like that in the prequel era. So for me, I want these sequel trilogy characters to have even more meaning after the rise of Skywalker, because that's the beauty of star Wars and these characters that we want to keep seeing them, you know, go forward. And for me, live action or not live action, but the, um, the silver screen medium is where, or, or theatrical medium is these characters need to be like kind of fleshed out further. And I feel that if they're not going to do a film, which I don't really want them to, 
this is the next logical step. So tell us what you guys all think. If you guys like it, you guys want it, you guys kind of like my idea, but you have other, you know, you have your own ideas with it. Shoot them at us. Let's hear it. Cause you know what? All I want is for more stories to be told with these characters that actually mean something. And when I say mean something, I want them to continue the story and Lucasfilm not to be afraid. Don't live in fear, but to do something bold with these characters like they and keep going and be, you know what? You gave JJ the, the, the keys of the castle. You had him tell a story. We'll take that story he told and we'll go with it a little bit further. Let's see your, let's see Ray Skywalker go forward. Don't be like waiting for eight, six years to put out Ray or, put out one story every three, four years of a book where she like goes and stares at a mirror for a while and goes, who am I again? It's like, don't do that to me. <laughs> Let's give me something that give her, give her right a freaking crate dragon on Tatooine. Cause she has to like rescue a freaking herd of Tusken Raiders. I don't know. Give me something interesting. Give me something meaty. Give me something. And I'm going to want to cool. Read. What's cool about the possibilities with that continuing the story with the series that it can fill in some of the blanks too that, were left unanswered in the rise of Skywalker. Maybe that's where we can learn more about her parents and their relation. Well, we know about Palpatine's son, how that right. all came about. Not to say that she's actively looking for answers because I believe she's done with that and she's taking on the name of Skywalker, but that can somehow come into play and she has to deal with that again. Or heck, even something I was thinking about after you initially told me your idea, Paul, was some of the series can even begin with her preparing to go to Tatooine, locating where Tatooine actually is at, coming to yes. the decision of why she feels it's right to bury the the Skywalker lightsabers and to go there. And just to have all that, that could be like the first three episodes, kind of like the Clone Wars movies were first three episodes, but her kind of making her way to Tatooine, hmm. maybe she has to come overcome some type of obstacle. But again, coming to that decision where this is what she feels is right to do. And then the series continues from immediately with her staring at the twin sons with BB-8. And like you said, whether mm -hmm. she goes back to the Falcon, decides to make that Tatooine the new location for her Jedi temple and training, who there's tons of possibilities you can go there. So that's the potential of the series that I am excited about for when you first brought it up. It's just the logistics of it actually coming to fruition and having the trust that if they go beyond that, that it would they would adhere to what's been established there from anyone who comes in the future again maybe it could all be for not maybe episodes 10 11 12 are not coming and the this animated series that you're proposing would be the further continuation of these characters and that's it so it's i mean it's just fun to speculate on to, <laughs> to be honest i think it's a great topic of discussion that we're having on right. the potential possibilities of what the actual series could be and then just the kind of realities of if it would actually come to fruition and some of the stuff they'd have to deal with if that does happen so it's just yeah. all good fun talk yeah, yeah. And th and, and and last thing last me. thing i want to mention on that is just that um sort of as as a counterpoint to that i guess because you know one thing that we've been talking about is how if they like whatever they did do with this um you would have to adhere to it in future movies and i think that's why they haven't fleshed out a lot of stuff in between episode six and seven I mean, I know there's been a lot with like the aftermath trilogy and stuff like sort of in the immediate wake of uh, Return of the Jedi and then in like the lead up to The Force Awakens with the Journey 2 stuff for that movie. But, you know, it seems like there's still a big like 20 year gap that's been pretty much unexplored in between 
Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, and now that the entire sequel trilogy is done, and they don't have to worry about, oh, if we do some Luke Skywalker stuff in here, are J.J. or Ryan Johnson going to stick to it? I think now is the time to go back and really flesh out that time period. Um, but I also definitely don't think this is the last time that we'll see uh, Ray, Finn, and Poe, and whether or not we see them on the big screen again, I think we'll definitely get comics or novels or a series or something about those guys at some point so um i just hope that wherever they take the story in the future that like i said that it's well thought out is uh you know just my my biggest hope for it um but yeah like paul said let us know what you guys think um you know chime in uh you know send us a tweet or something like that maybe we'll even make a poll and see you know would you rather have them do stuff after episode nine or in between six and seven yeah um as far as like the next animated series. Um, and like Paul said, I mean, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. I know we're, uh, it's getting late for me already. I know normally we go up to like three hours on our episodes, but I promise you guys our next episode, we'll do a whole one just devoted to rise of Skywalker, uh, what we got and then what we could have gotten with Colin Trevorrow's stuff. Um, and we'll, we'll dig into that, but uh, just a couple last quick things to wrap up with here as far as gaming stuff, because, you know, we got to talk about our Star Wars games. Um, this was just some good news to hear as far as uh, Jedi Fallen Order. There was like a, an investor earnings call with EA recently, and uh, they talked about the sales numbers for this game, which I guess by the end of like their fiscal year or fiscal quarter or something like that, which was supposed to be uh, by the end of March of this year, they projected that it was that it would have sold like six to eight million copies. Um, and they said, you know, it's beginning of February right now and it's already sold 8 million copies and now they're projecting it could sell up to 10 million by that benchmark. So, um, really good, you know, sales numbers for that game. Um, and of course it got like really good reaction across the board from both critics and fans. So hopefully we'll get, uh, a lot more, you know, hopefully we'll get a sequel to that game, which I think seems like pretty much inevitability at this point, um, and uh, hopefully we get an announcement about that pretty soon. Um, but also it's just good news for these types of single player story based games that uh, especially for EA, like showing them that not everything has to be microtransactions and season passes and online multiplayer and all that kind of stuff. But um, that there is still a market for these types of games and that it still sells really well. So that was uh, a really encouraging thing to see for uh, fans of those type of games. Yeah, I haven't actually been following much of the sales progress for Jedi Fallen Order, but it is awesome to hear that a Star Wars game that is, like you said, single player only is having this much success, which is all we were hoping for, for a great game and story experience in the Star Wars universe that we haven't had for a long time in the single player realm of gaming. So it's great that not only most Star Wars fans and gamers who played it, who enjoyed it, but, you know, the sales numbers are reflecting that it's being talked about where it's a game you have to play and it's cool to see that happen for a star Wars single player game. So yeah, definitely cool news here, mm -hmm. which by the way, we need to do an episode about that at some point too. I don't know if we'll spend a whole three hours talking about it, but um, I think the last time uh, we really talked too. about Jedi fallen order was just after it uh, had first come out. Oh and yeah. So now that we've all beaten That's it, all... we should do an in-depth review of that story as well. Um, that has to be a whole episode. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, Heck, who am I kidding? It's the three of us. We could fill three hours talking about, uh, you know, one boss fight from that game. How long did it take exactly. you to beat Ogdo Bogdo? Um, yeah. The first one? Oh, yeah. We could talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. 
Yeah, but uh, so yeah, good news for Jedi Fallen Order, and then also, um, of course, you guys know how much we love Battlefront as well, and it's cool to see them just continue to uh, keep cranking out great content for that game. The BB update just came out, um, where we now oh. have the supremacy game mode for the sequel trilogy on uh, Jakku, Agent Kloss, which is the Resistance base planet from Rise of Skywalker, and uh, Takodana as well as uh, BB-8 and BB-9E are now in the game as playable heroes for the Resistance and the First Order. Um, so that's really cool to see. That's, uh, you know, I got to play that a little bit last night. Um, got my butt kicked because it always takes me a while to get used to new maps and figure out where I'm going, but it was fun. And, uh, you know, they've got the interiors of like the Resistance and First Order capital ships in there now. Um, and then next, I think it's next month, they're also adding the Supremacy game mode for the original trilogy. And later in the year, it's going to be coming to Scarif, and they're bringing that map back from Battlefront 1. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to play that as well. Yeah. yeah. And just cool that, I mean, we're in, what, our third year of Battlefront now? I mean, this came out in 2017, and it's 2020 now, and they're still making new content for it. And I say this every time, but... Uh, especially for the game having as much controversy and negative reception as it had when it first came out, for it to be going this strong and still have uh, a good amount of people playing it and um, a good amount of content coming out for it is just really encouraging. They also said, I think it was on that same EA call, they said that the Celebration Edition of Battlefront 2 where you can basically purchase the upgrade that unlocks all the cosmetic items in the game um, has sold a lot better than their expectations. And uh, they were surprised that nice. um, there was so much demand for that. So. I contributed with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, nice to see, uh, you know, some, some good news for both of our favorite star Wars games out right now. Um, and really uh, quickly, I, I think, I think that's really important that you, what you just said, because me and Tim were talking before we you jumped on the call with us, uh, Kyle, that when they eventually make the next Battlefront game, they pretty much have this thing locked down now with with how they recovered from this game. they the next battlefront game should be unreal because they all they need to do is just take the maps from both these games, add some new ones, and they've got this thing covered. They've got the modes down. They've got what fans love. I think we all agree that they've done a really great job of, of fixing this thing and making it a really great Star Wars game. I think most people who play it understand that and agreed. I think if they and they they came close off the bat because but their whole system thing was so broken. They had to, they spent so much, you know a long time fixing it. But it seems like they have everything kind of figured out now. And that the next, this next Battlefront game they do should be unreal. It really should. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think they're. I don't think we're gonna get a new one anytime soon. I think this is going so strong right now, and it's got so much stuff in there. And I yeah, mean, it's true. not yeah. missing. You know, with Battlefront One, it was like, okay, when are we gonna get another one so we can get more eras and more game modes and stuff? And this one's pretty much got everything going for it right now. Like, there's nothing that we don't have that I feel like we need a sequel to get, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it would be nice to play on Scarif or, uh, heck, you know, I still want to see them put Ahsoka in as a playable hero. And like, I'm hoping that maybe they'll do that around May when those final episodes of the season or the siege of Mandalore hit. But I don't, I'm not like, Oh man, I need battlefront three right now so we can get Ahsoka in there, you know? So, um, I think it might be a while before we get another one, but I think that also probably will come at some point on the next generation of consoles. So maybe like 
two or three years from now. Um, sure. I know that next gen console is coming out in like a year, but I, as far as I know, I don't think they have. Oh, it's uh, coming out this year. Um, well, yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, holiday of this year is, is a yeah. little less than a year from now, but I don't think there's active development on a Battlefront three right now, as far as I know. Um, I don't even want to think about purchasing new consoles just yet. <laughs> so I'm already <laughs> okay. dreading the release for those. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be amazing to see what they can do with Star Wars games on that new hardware whenever that does come out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, in the meantime, we got some great stuff going for us right now. Um, also, I think the only game they've got announced for this year so far is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, um, which I'll probably end up. Of course, I'm going to get that. Who am I kidding? Um That'll be fun too, and that'll make kind of a nice, nice compliment to uh, some of the more serious games that we've gotten recently. But also, definitely looking forward to more Battlefront, uh, more Jedi Fallen Order, and uh, whatever, whatever else they've got in store for us. And hey, I'm glad that EA is finally on the right track after all the the launch debacles and the the canceled games and all that kind of stuff. To have uh, you know two solid hits going right now, let's keep that train rolling. Yeah. Um, but that's going to pretty much do it for now. Um, oh, I didn't even get to Tim. Do we have any, uh, any listener comments or anything that you wanted to read before we wrap up? I know it's been a while, but I don't think we really put out like a specific poll for this episode or anything. Yeah, we do have a few comments on Facebook and Twitter and one email, but also there was a poll that speaking of the sequel, sequel trilogy of episodes 10, 11, 12, Paul, I know this is something you're also curious on to see, the reaction or response as far as what people think if it's actually going to happen or not. So we did pull a poll out a few weeks ago asking mm. our listeners if they believe that we're eventually going to get another trilogy. And the percentage, it actually kind of surprised me because people thinking that, yes, it's finished now. The saga is ending with the Rise of Skywalker. That came at 35.7%. But at 64.3% do believe that 10, 11, and 12 are coming. And I was surprised it was that high because um, I'm still 50-50 on it. I think I'm actually kind of leaning more towards maybe 51-50, <laughs> if I could stretch it that short, that we're not going to get 10, 11, and 12. But it's still something I go back and forth on thinking if that's actually going to happen. But apparently um, a lot of our followers and listeners do think that 10, 11, and 12 is inevitable. So only time will tell if that will actually be the case. But a couple of responses on Obi-Wan news and the Clone Wars trailer, or trailer, I should say. Um, on Twitter, um, Star Wars Junkie at Wars Junkie says regarding the Obi-Wan delay, is says, I'm fine with this as long as they get it right. Don't rush a bad product. Ewan is a great actor and the only one who can play this role. Just get it right. Which I think echoes most of our statements about uh, the Obi-Wan series. So, And then for the Clone Wars trailer, uh, Michael at Jedi Obi Mike says, I'm more excited for this than I can express without gifts. <laughs> and just has a gif of, uh, I'm not into wrestling, but a wrestler just having the yes <laughs> with exclamation point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouting that out. And then on Facebook, Rich Brockwell says, Clone Wars looks epic, but has a feeling Obi Wan is going to be a movie again. Probably harking to those rumors about the episode count going to four. So I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but if it is just four episodes, then maybe it'll just feel like a movie instead of actually being released as one. Because I don't know, I think it'd be kind of weird if it goes from movie to TV show back to movie again. Mm -hmm. Still think right now, anyway, it's set as a TV show, but 
who knows? As we've seen, things can change rather quickly. And then we've got another email from Aaron Chavez regarding the Rise of Skywalker. He says, hey guys, to start, I love the Rise of Skywalker. My favorite parts were Ray and Luke on Octo and Chewie's reaction to Leia's death. Poor Chewie, all his friends are gone now, aside from Lando, of course. So, Ray's a Palpatine. I didn't care for the way the line was written or delivered. Every time I hear it, I think, you're a wizard, Harry. I have no issue with her parentage. I think it's kind of clever. Ray would have been born around 11 years after Endor. Say her dad was 30 when she was born. He would have been born near the end of the Clone Wars. Palpatine wasn't deformed yet, so the idea of him having a family isn't all that weird. He's a Sith Lord, but he's also a politician. My guess, he was trying to blend in and be normal. He never loved a wife and kid. They're just tools. Yeah, I would have preferred Ray Rando, but I don't have any complaints about the way this was handled. What I do have an issue with is all the info that Lucasfilm leaves out of movies. I have friends who didn't like or even hated The Rise of Skywalker. And part of the reason is that too much happens off screen. We had discussions and I told them that Palpatine had plans for after the fall of the Empire and for his return. They thought I made that up, but I can't, But it came from the books. What was Finn trying to tell Ray all movie and never even told her? It's that he's force sensitive. How do I know this? Someone said it in an interview. Lando's trying to hook up with the girl at the end. No, it's possibly his daughter, according to the visual dictionary. Here's the big one. Why was Poe so upset when that snap guy died? Well, that's Tenman Snap Wexley. He's a big deal and an incredibly annoying teen in the aftermath books. In Resistance Reborn, he plays a big part and his mom is married to Wedge. For that, I got blank stares. <laughs> For real, though, Oscar Isaac's reaction to Snap dying is way overboard if your only knowledge of him is in the films. My friends are big Star Wars fans, and I feel like I had an unfair advantage because I listen to podcasts and read the novels, visual dictionaries, etc. They shouldn't have to go outside the films to have a full understanding of what's going on. Put it all on screen. I'd love what to, I'd love to hear what you have to. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear what you think about that. Keep up the excellent work. Well, it's hard to argue with what you're saying there, Aaron. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you're wrong at all. In fact, you're not wrong. So I think that that is a problem that this trilogy has had from the very beginning. And, and and through all three films, to be honest. So, yeah, it's it's a problem that Lucasfilm should learn from for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, again, like I said, we'll we'll get into the Rise of Skywalker a lot more on our next episode. But I agree with you as well that I mean, as much as I like the books and stuff to flesh out the material, it shouldn't feel like required reading. Um, and you guys know, I mean, if you listen to our review of Rise of Skywalker, I thought there was a lot of stuff that needed to be fleshed out more in the movie and explained better. Um, and I couldn't wait to get my hands on the visual dictionary, and I can't wait to get my hands on the novel and the art book, hoping that it explains some of those things that weren't explained well in the movie. But I also think that those explanations should have just been in there in the first place. Um, yeah, it's something that not necessarily, if they're not explained, you don't like the movie, because I saw it with people who loved it, but yet still have questions regarding certain aspects of the film. And even though they love it, that's probably something they shouldn't still have as many questions because you can always have questions after a movie. But as much as I got for the rise of Skywalker, it was more than I'm used to <laughs> in my you know, family of close friends around here who I see it with. 
I, they know I'm the Star Wars guy, so they always go to me about wanting to know the answers for these questions. So I'm used to it, but for the Rise of Skywalker, it was more than normal, I, sh I will say. So it's not necessarily a thing where it keeps you from enjoying the movie, but probably shouldn't happen as much as it did in this one. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, for one, am definitely looking forward to, uh, expanding on that more in our next episode. And we're, we're overdue for just a good meaty discussion about Rise of Skywalker. But, uh, thank you to all you guys for your emails and your tweets and comments and, uh, just for listening and supporting the show and for interacting with us. Uh, we always appreciate you. Um, so thanks again for tuning in. As always, you can follow us online, uh, follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars. The saga continues. You can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. And you can check out our website at Star Wars TSC.com. Um, and you can also check out all the other awesome podcasts on the Thunderquack podcast network at thunderquack.com. Um, but that is going to do it for now. Uh, thank you again for listening. We will see you all next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Oh, Godspeed, Rebels! Rebels!